warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 226. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk ride. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, paint it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. fucking leftovers. Yay. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Episode uh, 226. Uh, yeah. And uh, we are not alone this week. Uh, uh, we are also joined by, from the from the Supercast, Mr. Eric Way, joining us again. How are you doing, man? Good, my friends. How are you tonight? Yeah, fantastic. Just fucking wonderful. Uh, so good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so, so fresh and so clean. I'm like outcast. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's see here. Outcast saying that, right? Huh? Yes. Yeah, I was like, fuck, man. Was that the wrong rapper? I was like, nope, that was fucking Outcast. Anyway. Nice, nice. Can you name both members? Ah, shit. Why you gotta put me on the spot? Um, <laughs> I know, like, one, like, I like the. Out ma- and cast? Uh, the main guy was, like, in some, he was in some movies, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah fuck you, Jake. What is it? What is it, Mr. <laughs> Trivia? It is uh, Andre 3000, yeah. the big boy. Okay. All right. Now, look, look at Jake over there. You're the big boy this episode, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you? I got rapper my big pants. <laughs> Feeling pretty good about yourself, aren't you, over there, Jake? I was just curious. I, I, I thought maybe that was something you might actually know. Oh, excuse me. I don't have the uh, the street cred that you do, Mr. Hip Hop. Jesus. Know, know, I'm fucking with you. Was, uh, was Andre 3000, was he in one of those Fast and Furious movies? Uh, no. He was in he was something in like that, the, right? Get Shorty movies or some shit like that. I could have swore he was in one of those movies with cars drifting and shit or motorcycles doing <laughs> some shit, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up Andre 3000's IMDb now. Now I'm, I'm thinking of Mr. 3000 with Bernie Mac. Remember that movie? Did you ever watch that? Uh, the baseball movie, the right? The baseball movie where he, like, they actually, they added up his numbers. He was supposed to be the guy who had like 3,000, you know, hits and they added up his numbers and he was like three off. So he had he had to come out of retirement or some shit. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he was in Be Cool, the Get Get Shorty sequel. 
Yeah, but I was uh, asking four, about some cars. The fuck it. Four Brothers, Semi-Pro, yeah. Revolver, Charlotte's Web. Yeah, oh, Char- that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of Charlotte's Web. It's a mighty fine Battle pig. Battle in Seattle? No. I don't he played know. Jimi Hendrix, it looks like, too. Did he really? Yeah. He kind of looks like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I could see that working. Yeah. Movie got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Yeah. Well, I said, uh, I announced on Facebook we wouldn't be having an episode this week. I spoke a little bit too prematurely. What the fuck's going What's the noise over there? What's going on? Maybe we shouldn't have an episode. I got, somebody's having an episode uh, of their own over there. What the fuck is going on? Shame I don't know. Weird. So it's a little, yeah. little bit of shifting, a little bit of shifting going on. Uh, I am sitting on the floor as to not make any noise whatsoever. Not, not a fan of hearing, not, not a fan of hearing the pre-production noises going on, right? <laughs> All right, I can't get this out in post, so knock it the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm kidding. Like when I when I I gotta call out the noises just because I hear them. It's not like I really fucking care. And as long as I call no, them no, out I and, and they stop, then we're good. But yeah, all right. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Shit. Um. Yeah, I think I summed up the episode. Um. Anyway, yeah, you guys ready to jump into some iTunes reviews? Oh yes, definitely. Oh, we have some fun. Fun. Let's see here. And they're not playing. It's literally not fucking playing. You know why? Because I didn't turn up the... Did I turn up... What the fuck is going on? I can't hear it either way, so... It's not playing. Yeah, if it's one star, five, we don't give a fuck, yada, 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 iTunes reviews. Anyway, what the fuck is going on here? I'm taking a... Hold on. Pausing. All right, now we're back. All right, it's time for iTunes reviews. It's one star, got one iTunes review this week. It beats last week's uh, z- big, big fat fucking zero. So this one comes. Up, and they wrote something this time? No, they wrote something this time. Uh, it's is, from. Is uh, it a one star? It's, uh, it's, it's from uh, Slow Your Fucking Horses there, Eric Wade. That's who it's from. Hey. Why don't you wait? Terrible name. <laughs> it's from uh, K Fork of Cough. And. Uh, it's titled Proud Son. Not S-U-N, but S-O-N. And uh, it goes on to say, The theme song alone and intro was an automatic draw. Keep up the great work, Dad. So That's very weird. It's, it's extremely weird. And, uh, you know, I just want to say, uh, as far as March goes for iTunes reviews, fuck March. We've got two iTunes reviews this entire month that have been written. I think we've got like, we've got more that were just like left as like star ratings. But as far as written iTunes reviews, two. Fuck March, man. This is ridiculous. March Madness, my fucking ass. Two fucking written iTunes reviews. Hey, thanks a lot, fans. You guys are great. Keep it up. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> guys, really, really coming through in the month of March. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, really want to thank you for that. Can I get the Star Trek sounding name of that guy that left that last review again? What was it? Uh, K Fork of Cough? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a so, big fan yeah. of that, so. 
All right. Yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the two fucking iTunes reviews this month. The ungrateful pieces of shit. Here we go. Um, I'm kidding. This is going to be an angry episode. I, I can know, tell it's, right and now. it's and it's not. You know, it's it's one of those, Eric. It's, it's not. It's not even like I'm mad at the listeners. I'm just mad at like life and circumstances. Right. I'm with you. You know that. You I know, know you're with, with me. You. You. I mean, we're we're go, You know, it's like sometimes we're just going through some shit, and this this is the this is the this is the month, right? All right. Yeah, this will be cathartic. Oh yeah, very cathartic. <laughs> mm. All right. Free therapy. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> having some beer therapy right now myself. Anyway, uh, let's uh, jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Before we do that, yeah, we're going to go over all that shit. You ever, like, <laughs> we were talking about, hey, Jake, remember we were talking about, like, the, the Black Order last week for the Infinity War and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, Voldemort. Yeah, well, not, not that. I, I, okay, let's 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 not get into like the details that we talked about last week. I just want to talk about their names. Like, uh, you got Ebony Maw, Coal Obsidian, Proxima Midnight. What's the other one? Corvus Glaive. Are those yeah, all they of sound them? Like Revlon makeup colors. Well, I think it'd be just like I think it would just be amazing if they added in one that was just like. You got Ebony Maw, Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, Cull Obsidian, and Todd. When that- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I don't like- know why Steve was in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know who Brandon. the new creators are <laughs> of the Black Order? Jonathan Hickman. Gotta work on his names. Yeah, well, anything Hickman does is gonna be a little bit convoluted yeah. and drawn out, right? Yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. Uh, good pop, bad pop. Is, is that what I announced a moment ago? That is what you announced. All that's right. what's. <laughs> All right. That's, that was, so that's the segment that we're in right now. That's where, we're, we're dipping our toes in that shit right now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for good pop, bad pop. This is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, uh, we want you to be ready for our rating system and learned. Learned. We want you to be learned on our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, let's see. I got I got some stuff to talk about this week. I, I did want to let everybody know um, I wanted to see very much this week, but I couldn't because it's not fucking playing anywhere near me. Uh, I wanted to see, I wanted to see Isle of Dogs. So I want everybody to know that, like, cause I had a couple people reach out to me and talk to me and say, Hey, you gonna, you gonna talk about it? I would love to. I have not been able to see it. So this is the new Wes Anderson, uh, stop motion animation film. Uh, it's not playing anywhere near me. It looks fucking fantastic. Edward Norton, uh, who else? Who else? Like, it's got a huge cast. George Clooney, a lot of the West oh, yeah. Anderson regulars. I don't think it's in wide release yet, Brian. Uh, well, it, it has been released, but just nowhere near me. And I had a couple people asking me about it, so I just wanted to let them know I have not been able to see it yet, but I will as soon as possible. Uh, I did get to go see Annihilation a second time in the theater this week, though. So um, I wanted to let everybody know that 
Um, even though it's uh, been released on Netflix uh, internationally, you can still see it in the theaters here. And uh, I found out a little bit of information about this Alex Garland film uh, since we last talked. I kind of briefly brought it up when we first talked about it. It has – I haven't been able to nail down the budget, but the, the budget is anywhere from like $40 million to $55 million. And so far during its run here in the U.S. and in Canada, it's made – no, I think just domestically. Um, there's a lot of shifting noises going on. What the fuck? It's, I'm on mute. And every, no, everybody's going to deny it, but I fucking hear it. I'm, I, it's not like I'm losing my goddamn mind here, right? I'm fucking hearing it. What's going on? I don't know. If it's something <laughs> happening, it's not happening because I'm – I don't know why it's happening if okay. it's happening on my end. Okay. Well, now now it's turned into that fucking uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Happening. Like is it, <laughs> uh, like we got bees buzzing. I don't think it's planned. Huh? Eric Wade, you're going to get your head run over by a fucking lawnmower next? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Jesus. A little cameo appearance by Mark Wahlberg, huh? Anyway. The happening. Remember that movie? Oh, I hate it. Oh God! They just got they got just, they got progressively worse until until people finally said, "Okay, Split was all right." And then I was I was still in the camp of fuck that M Night guy. But anyway, remember how they sold the happening? They were like, "It's his <sighs> first R rated movie," and that was basically the only gimmick. Oh jeez, yeah. Wait until you see. Like, wait until you see what he does with the Last Airbender or whatever the hell. Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, what, what am I? Oh, I was talking about annihilation. This podcast needs to be annihilated. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, but it's it's made thirty million here uh, domestically, and it hasn't even been released in um, in China yet. China's going to get it in April in the theater, is what I'm hearing. And so, basically, like there's still a little bit of money to be made. And I found out that Paramount sold the international rights to Netflix which basically meant that after 17 days that it was released here in the theaters, you could watch it on Netflix everywhere else. So um, Garland, Alex Garland was not happy with this, Jake. Really? About the international deal? Yeah. He, he, well, I mean, he basically think about it. I mean, you want your, you want your movie to be seen in theaters. And he, and he said that this is this movie, this it deserves and it's best seen on a big screen. So, I don't know. It, it, for me, it it makes me think that the studio didn't have enough confidence in this. Oh, I, I, what what's the other reason it could be? I, it's well, that's, that's the thing. That's what I, that's what I, I'm not a big fan of this. It's like, what if? Hold on, like what? Like what if? Um, what if I forget who the who the um, uh, studio was? But but what if the studio didn't have um, another uh, science fiction film that came out, uh, Arrival? What if they didn't have confidence in Arrival with Amy Adams, and they didn't release that one in theaters for you know internationally? And I mean that made big money. Arrival made a shit ton of fucking money in the box office. Yeah, it's 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 new times. I guess it's an interesting game that they're gonna play. Like if they don't think it's gonna make you know enough money there they'd rather cut their losses and take the guaranteed 15 to 20 mil from netflix i guess well i heard that netflix basically helped pick up some of the production budget for this one too and i i can't imagine if garland was upset about it not being released internationally in theaters he probably didn't know that they were picking up some of the production budget they probably hid that from him you know yeah, that's interesting. Hey, 
I'm a little surprised by that, especially since we know Garland is going to have future ties with Netflix. Uh, with FX doing devs. Oh, oh, the FX show. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. THR, I don't know what to believe, but THR reported that Paramount thought that this film would be, quote, too intellectual for general audiences and it scared them. And so that's why they made the deal with Netflix. I think you're sending a bad message. Jake, I understand what Paramount did, but I think in the long run, they have to think about what they're doing to directors. Okay. I think in the long run, it can send a bad message to directors like, Oh, you want to work? You want to get good directors? Uh, you can't tell me that Spielberg or Scorsese would be jumping on that shit. I, I know <laughs> Scorsese has like a deal worked out with Netflix, but like Spielberg would never do anything like this. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm not, a, I don't, I think it's kind of a slap in the face for directors. You know, I don't, that's just me. I guess. If, yeah, I agree. I mean, if they did it without Garland's consent, then I, I, I can't really argue what you're saying here. It, it's definitely a slap in the face. Yeah. It's a slap in the face to the movie and yeah. a lack of confidence and thinking that it'll, it'll make any money. Right. Let, let, you know, like at least David Ayer knew he was making bright for Netflix. At least, you know, like Duncan Jones knew that he was making mute for Netflix. Like Garland thought like, okay, I'll get a, I'll get a theatrical release in the U.S., China, you know, Canada and everywhere else. No, not happening, man. Not happening. I don't know. I feel bad for the guy. I, I, I feel like that movie does deserve to be, but I, I get, I get it, man. Studios are just trying to, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to end up in the red this year. They want to, they want to come out on top, I guess. So yeah. What's Paramount's <sighs> big hit they're riding on? Ah, oh, fuck. I mean, they did all the Transformers shit, right? Yeah. And that had its, I mean, the fifth movie was one of the, was their least financial success. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. It was. So. Uh, let's see here. Addy Shankar. Uh, did, uh, hold on real quick before I jump into this. Did you guys see the, uh, the Mr. Rogers, uh, would you be my neighbor documentary trailer? Yes. What'd you think about that, Eric? Uh, God, it looked amazing. Mm -hmm. It looked, it looked awesome. If you told me here's a Mr. Rogers trailer and, and I'd be like, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. I watched that and I was like, holy crap. I so want to see that. Me too. Yeah, I mean, we we and this is a guy that we grew up with, yeah. and I, I mean, he touched so many lives, and and he did it. it, it he was just a nice guy. Yeah. That little segment where he talks about how he he reached out with children, and he didn't need the gimmicks and all that. He just wanted to make them feel special, and yeah. and you know some of those clips that they had. I you know looking back. That maybe Sesame Street as well, but those were the first places I saw kids in wheelchairs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Those are, there, it, it was amazing what we learned from him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I didn't know that he was such a uh, activist for civil rights. It was no, I had no idea. And so I can't. Jake, did you see this trailer? No, I haven't. I haven't. There's been a lot of stuff going on with Mr. Rogers this week, right? You yeah. heard uh, Tom Hanks got signed to play him, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to talk about something else. But, um, yeah, Tom Hanks is going to be playing him in the movie. And, well, I mean, he already played Walt Disney, so he might as well play Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the trailer for the doc. It sounds great, though. I, I'm a huge fan of the PBS stuff when I was growing up. Yeah, I watched it as well. And it's kind of... Oh, fuck you, virus protection. I, 
I hate that shit. If I don't have somebody over there denying that they're shifting around, I got my own computer making bullshit noises. What's next? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I am like, uh, you know, like I am like the uh, 180 of Mr. Rogers in every way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see your version of Mr. Rogers. Oh, gosh. Those uh, poor scared children. Yeah. Anyway, be my fucking neighbor. Yeah, no, no, I don't want any fucking neighbors. Shut the fuck up. Please won't you fuck shut the trolley. fuck up. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to go to sleep. I got a fucking loud ass trolley. I'm trying to record an episode. I got a fucking trolley dinging and shit. Daniel the lion, shut the fuck up. My hand is up a tiger cub's ass. Yeah. Anyway. So I, Addy Shankar, the guy, uh, he was a producer on Dread. He came out with his own bootleg universe. I've been a big fan of the bootleg universe. He did the uh, Venom Truth and Journalism with Ryan Quant, and he did the R-rated Power Rangers short. Um, he He's now got this uh, bootleg film. Um it's 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 Fred it's based it's it's based on Mr. Rogers neighborhood and he released it on like what would have been Fred Rogers 90th birthday and he put it into his bootleg universe and it's called Mr. Rogers a war hero so you guys you guys know you guys probably know what I'm talking about like there was a rumor for years that uh Fred Rogers served in the in the Vietnam War as a sniper and it's 100% bullshit um <laughs> You guys, did you guys hear that rumor being spread around when we were younger? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. it. He yeah. was like, wasn't he like some kind of like helping like move the guns around or something? Yeah, it's, it's all bull. It's not true. I mean, he never, oh, yeah, he, no, he never even served. Like, I, I remember talking to people and they'd be like, yeah, man, like, you ever notice like he never, he never like he, his sleeves are always down. They're like, that's because he's got tattoos that show all the notches on his arm for like each one of his kills. I was like, what the fuck? Wow. So like this is like, it's, it's an urban legend for years before like there was Snopes and shit where we could like look this shit up. And so, um, this, he, Addy Shankar comes out with this video called Mr. Rogers, a war hero. And it's like a 15 minute short. And it's basically, it's like him fighting these street thugs and wanting to do what's right. Um, you know, they steal this, like these, these thugs steal this woman's purse. Like he gets it back from her. And, um, you know, and then he joins the military, goes through boot camp. He becomes like this weapon of war, gets tortured, all this stuff. And, uh, it's pretty fucking out there and pretty crazy. I don't know. It's probably my least favorite thing that he's done because, like, I I don't know I I much would rather see like the actual real documentary and I I I think this kind of like um, I don't know like is this what we're doing with the bootleg universe like come on yeah I think Shankar's stuff works best when he takes something that would be cooler if it yeah. had the more mature R rated theme right like, a la the Power Rangers that he did yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I understand, like, this was, like, an urban legend. Like, Mr. Rogers was, like, a Vietnam sniper. But, like, to, like, make it real and throw it in your bootleg universe, I don't think that's cool. And it's not like it's not like I'm saying he doesn't have the right to do that, that I'm offended that he did it. I don't give a fuck that he did it. I just didn't really like it. Yeah, no, no, I'm not offended that he did it either, but it doesn't doesn't sound very great. This guy needs a real job so he can have something to keep busy with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like talking about like dread shit and like he's not even involved in like the new dread show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, man. I think the eyeliner's fucking bled into his. <laughs> yeah, he wears eyeliner. I think it's just gotten to his brain. I think it's bled into his fucking brain. 
anyway. guy liner. Guy liner. No, I like Addy Shankar. He's a he's an interesting dude. So, but uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, it's called Mister Rogers, a War Hero. It's uh, the newest addition to his bootleg universe. I'll give it a low taste. It. I was not a big fan of it. So, um, let's see here. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Oh, I watched a movie this week. I saw I Kill Giants. Have you guys heard of this? Yep, I saw it today as well. So I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's based on oh, the nice. Joe Kelly uh, Image comic. Yeah, it was, a, I think, a seven-issue maxi-series for yeah. Image. Um, the plot is uh, Barbara Thorson struggles through life by escaping into a fantasy life of magic and monsters. Um, let me get the, my cast notes up here. It's got Madison Wolf as Barbara, Zoe Saldana as Miss Molly, um, and Imogen Poots as Karen. And um, I've always been a big fan of Joe Kelly. I've never read this comic, but decided I would check it out. I've always liked his work. Um, I think we've talked about it on this show before. Um, Rob Leefield takes the credit for creating Deadpool, but Deadpool would not be Deadpool if it wasn't for uh, Joe Kelly's contribution to the lore. And I'm pretty sure anyone would agree with that. But yeah, so I, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't even watch the trailer, and I checked this movie out, and I was pleasantly surprised. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a high taste. It right off the bat, um, it, it was really fun. I thought the child actors were really good. Um, the subject matter was a lot more serious than I expected it to be. I don't really want to spoil the movie, I guess, in case um, because uh, Joe Kelly has this on video on demand. He couldn't get it out in the theater. So I'd like to see him make as much money off of this as possible. So I, I at least want to leave the intrigue of what happens at the end. Uh, don't you agree? Yeah. Um, I uh, I didn't like it as much as you did. It It's better. Okay. It reminded me of A Monster Calls, which I, I understand that this was a Joe Kelly book from 2008. So this was from bef- before A Monster Calls. Um, yeah. But, see, I haven't seen that. But um, and I didn't like it. I, I think I tossed it actually. Um, I'm gonna give this one a taste. It though, I, th- I thought the girl was a was a pretty good actor. Uh, the young girl Zoe Saldana, kind of like in a I don't know, very small role. And I I don't know. I can't really praise her too much. She was okay. Um, yeah, she was there. I yeah. agree with that. Um, and I, I like Zoe Saldana though. You know, I, I think she's um, I think she's a fine actor. But anyway, I'll give it a taste. It it was um. I don't know. It, it was better than a monster calls, and um, I'll give it that. I I think that some of these, you know, some of this YA material that we see is actually better in the it's better in the book form. And um, by the time we get it on the screen, it's just it's not that good or impactful. Um, I think the message is a little bit better and more clear when you read it. But um, this was okay, and I thought. Uh, it was definitely better for me than a monster call, so I'll give it a solid taste. It. Yeah, I thought it it was a really fun examination of childhood in a lot of parts that I haven't seen done quite this way in movies. You know, just seeing a kid out there exploring and being, you know, imaginative. And I don't know, I, it had the, kind of a slightly Stand By Me vibe in that way to it. Yeah. That I, I, I kind of enjoyed. I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely... It got really heavy at the end, though. Um, I assume that's what happens in A Monster Calls, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I, I wasn't quite prepared for the direction it was going. I mean, about halfway through, I had 
I had a lot of guesses as to what was happening and I was, I was pretty close, but yeah, it got, it got really heavy. And I thought the message was a good message that, that I could definitely relate to. Yeah. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was a, it was a pleasant surprise. I, um, I hope Joe makes some money here and can write another screenplay because he actually wrote the screenplay for the movie as well as the comic book. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't as high as high on it as you were, but I did. I, you know, I, and I compared it, I did compare it to a monster calls and, and this is superior. So, um, I would say that this movie is not made for me in particular, but I think the right person, um, would, would, would either high taste it or Tupperware it. But absolutely. I just think for me, it's just not my, not my kind of movie. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I can understand. And I think it's a little bit misbuilt on like iTunes where I got it as yeah. a science fiction fantasy movie. Oh yeah. Like, and I think like a lot of the reviews, um, that you see on IMDb are reflective of that. I'm just like, I'm reading some of these reviews and I'm like kind of upset at the people, not the people. I'm upset at the way they marketed this. Cause like, that's not what it is. Like just let people know what the movie is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. At least label it as a drama. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So a little bit of some trickery there. And that's kind of something we've seen a lot of, I think, in the last couple of years. A mother did that trick, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. And that got like the lowest cinema score ever. It got like an F. Yeah, exactly. So you think they'd learn. Like, it doesn't seem like audiences really like that kind of bait and switch when it comes to what genre they're getting ready to pay to see. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully it doesn't get more extreme. You know, you you pay for a horror movie and it's a. You know, an animated Disney movie, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, they're just, I don't know. It's like they want it to work in the box office or on the video on demand so that they, they make the money back. But, um, you know, I mean, you can really lose trust um, with audiences really quick doing shit, trying to pull shit like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, did you guys watch, have you guys seen the new Cobra Kai full length trailer? I have not. Eric? I, I have not watched yet, no. I, uh, okay, um, last time I talked about this series, I was, like, not excited, but now that they've come out with the full-length trailer, I cannot wait to see it. I'm actually half-tempted to do the Fathom event that's coming out, I think, next month. Uh, Fathom Events is going to be playing the original movie in theaters, and then immediately following the movie, they're going to be playing the first episode of Cobra Kai. Really, the trailer turned you around that much on the trailer is really good. The full length trailer is really good, and it's basically it's making Daniel Larusso look like he's the bad guy in the series at parts. Um, There's, uh, I don't know, it's like he's he's the he's the guy that got bullied, that beat the bully, and now he's the bully. So it's like a. It's like a flippity do. It's crazy. And, you know, he, he uses like his, his like high school fame from like the karate tournament to, you know, like own a, a, de- a car dealership. And he's still kind of like riding high off of, uh, off his past, you know, celebrity. And, uh, you know, he, like even in the commercial, they show him like in the car dealership commercial, he's like, we're chopping prices and he's doing karate chops and shit. And I'm just like, oh my god, Daniel Larusso turned into a complete douche. Anyway, it's uh, there, but you've got on the on the other hand, you got Johnny who got his ass beat, you know, and he's like, he's he, I think he's uh, you know, they show him like I think he's like drunk, passed out on the floor and shit, you know, his life is a mess. He's a mess. And then 
like I think I don't know if he's like passed out drunk somewhere, but he these kids are bullying this one kid like 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 he used to bully Daniel and beat the shit out of him when they were wearing like the skull and crossbones masks and shit at Halloween party. And like these kids are beating the shit out of this kid and they kick this kid on top of his car. And so that's what he that's what sets him off. And he starts beating the shit out of him like Cobra Kai style. And then and then he's now now he's inspired to open up his own dojo, reopen the Cobra Kai, and he's talking about and I love this line, I can't remember it, I'll I can't remember it verbatim, but he says something about he talks about how, you know, this style of fighting hasn't been seen in years and it's good for this generation of pansy ass kids. And I was just like, this is awesome. And I think <laughs> he ends up training, I think, this kid that gets picked on. I think we're gonna find out, and I think I've read that this kid is actually Daniel's son. So Daniel and his son probably don't have the tightest of relationships. He's probably sick of his dad talking about Mr. Miyagi all the time and how close they were, but yet he's not being close with his own son. So now his own son's going to get trained, trained by his fucking bully. This looks great. This, uh, this looks fantastic. I can't wait to see this. It looks like a dark comedy. I, 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 and I might, I might fucking drop the coin to go see this during the Fathom event so I can just watch it on the big screen. Man, you fully won 80 on this thing. I won the fuck 80 on this thing. You know, I'm excited to see the the movie in the theater, Jake. I don't know if I've ever seen... I saw Karate Kid Part 3 in theater. Mm. I remember yeah, I know, that. I know that for sure. But I don't think, like, I don't... 84, I, I would have been 6 years old. I don't think I went to see the Karate Kid in the theater. If I did, I don't remember it. I want to see the... Cra- so- yeah, go ahead. I was so hyped for Karate Kid 3 when I was a kid that I read the book before the movie came out. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a book? Yeah. Yeah. A novelization that came out a couple of weeks before the movie that as a kid I read. I had all the bonsai tree spoilers already. Jeez, <laughs> the bonsai tree spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, uh, I Tupperware, the full-length trailer. It looks fantastic, and uh, give, give me a pause for the cause. I, I got this thing right here. Let me watch. All right, all right, all right. We're back. Jake and Eric have had, both had a chance to watch it. Am I am I crazy? No, that that was a really fun trailer. I laughed yeah. at quite a few moments. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks great. I will definitely check this out. Um, I'm glad that I haven't used my YouTube Red free trial yet. So now I'm holding off for this. Yeah, that's that, that that was hilarious. God, that I mean, he's fallen so far that he has a flip phone. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's fallen a long way. I mean, come on. So, no, that was great. Yeah, that, that completely that changes me too. that makes me want to watch this. So yeah. it looks awesome. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I love, I love, uh, Zapka anyway. You know, I was a big fan. Like, he was one of the best things about the last two seasons of How I Met Your Mother was just seeing him in those seasons. He was great. Um, <laughs> I love, and, and this kind of, it, it's kind of very meta too, because like, in like the last couple seasons of How I Met Your Mother, Barney, played by Neil Patrick Harris, used to talk about how, you know, his character of Johnny was the good guy and how Daniel was the villain. And so like, this is so perfect <laughs> in that sense if you watch that show. So I can't wait for Cobra Kai. I cannot wait. I think it looks really fun. Um, Eric, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? 
You, uh, you know, I only got one new thing, and most of mine was just catching up on shows. Um, yeah, what'd you catch up but, on? But uh, the one that I wanted to bring up was uh, were either you, you Twin Peaks guys back no. in the day? No. No, I'm no. not a big fan of David Lynch Me in either. general. I generally am not. I did, however, like Twin Peaks. Um, so I finally started watching The Return uh, from Showtime. I said I got some time this weekend, so I thought that was one thing I would binge. Um, if you are not a David Lynch fan, I wouldn't go anywhere near this. Oh, so <laughs> trust me, trust me, I'm, I'm not touching this one. Yeah, so I I like Twin Peaks. I thought he actually did a, a pretty good job when he was within the constraints of, of network rules back then. Um, he did some really fascinating things with with story development um, on Twin Peaks. As weird as it got at times, it was still more pretty focused. This is not in any way focused. This is much more movie Lynch. This is very Eraserhead. This is very Blue Velvet. I mean, I'm only halfway through it. I'm nine episodes in, and I will finish it. But my God, I mean, there's one episode where there's like, a little bit of talking for like four or five minutes and then no talking the rest of the episode. Most of it's in black and white. There's one scene that, that it's like, so it's focusing in on a nuclear explosion back when they were testing in New Mexico. I'm not kidding. I think it's about seven minutes long. It, they focus in, go really slowly and then examine the particles. And I mean, just, I'm like, oh my god, how long are they going to draw this thing out? And it was about six, seven minutes. Oh god, it was so. Oh uh, wowzers! Hey, oh, yeah, you god. ever seen? Uh, you ever seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Yeah, remember? Uh, yeah, you remember when Jack Nicholson had the lobotomy at the end of the movie? Yeah, of course. That's the look <laughs> on my face every time I watch anything by David fucking Lynch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's like. <laughs> I, I I don't give it a toss it. I give it the more pretentious toss eat. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> it might. So my problem was I hated David Lynch's movies, and all of my friends were David Lynch fanatics. Yeah. So they drugged me in high school to every goddamn one of the movies, or they had them on videotape. So we had to watch them all. I hated it, and I swore I was never going to like Twin Peaks. And then I had friends get me into Twin Peaks, and again, I actually liked the TV series, yeah. but. This is yeah. not the TV series. It's loosely related to the TV series, but they he goes off the rails, and Showtime did not edit him at all. The only thing and I like, is- the, the Lost Highway, the only thing I like about that movie is the uh, Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, uh, the whole soundtrack's uh, pretty decent. Soundtrack's good. Nine Inch Nails, they appear, <laughs> they, he, they, he actually, Trent Reznor is in like a, uh, a bar in the in like I don't, whatever it is purgatory space. Who knows with Lynch? It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. But he's performing in a bar and like it, uh, they even call it out specifically. Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, yay! And then he performs like a two or three minutes of a song. So um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give this a, a low taste it right now, and but I will force my way. Yeah. <laughs> wow, God, that sounds like fucking torture. Yeah, it's like uh, it, uh, watch, like, watching David Lynch stuff is like making yourself eat raw okra. It's like <laughs> – <laughs> well, Yeah, right. So I've, 
I've subjected myself to about nine hours of raw okra then this weekend, <laughs> and I still have nine hours left to go. Oh, so. Christ. Yeah. Back when I used to watch it, it was like, you know, back in the 90s, there, it wasn't like there was any other options. Yes, I fucking right. watch this. I watched this pretentious, artsy, weird ass David Lynch movie, but God, in today's day and age, when there's 10 other shows I still should be watching, I'm not subjecting myself to new Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and I should have known. So I, before I did this, I'm like, I'd heard mixed reviews on it. So I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go read one real quick. And of course, the first one I, that comes up is like, reasons why the return is the greatest television in the history. And I'm like, uh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, we'll give it a go and see. And yeah. Oh man. What else? Uh, what else? Uh, did you, did you, <laughs> did you watch anything good? <laughs> yeah. Well, then I, I watched walking dead. Okay. So no, okay. No, that yeah. wasn't there. Then, uh, hey, this last, honestly, in a horrible season, in my opinion, this last episode probably was the best. I will so, agree. Yeah. I will agree. Yeah. This was probably the best one of the season so far, which isn't saying much. No. But this, this was definitely a pretty, pretty good one by did, the end. So, did yeah. you see the naked walker? That was a big thing. They've talked about it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, they pointed it out on Talking Dead afterwards. I didn't watch Talking Dead. I saw, I saw somebody posted about it on Twitter. But yeah, there was. A, uh, they'd been talking about it for weeks. And they went, naked walker, and it was just. Uh, it was, very, it was kind of titillating. I'll be honest. I'm kidding. It was disgusting. So <laughs> it was fucking gross. It was pretty yeah. fucking gross. So I still, I still have not watched the final episode of Counterpart. I'm hoping, hoping I'll be able to get to grab that like tomorrow or yeah. the next day or two. I hope so too, man. I hope so too. Um, yeah, Walking Dead. They're gonna, they're gonna play that in theaters. The, the finale, and then right after that, they're going to have, uh, what is it, uh, Fear the Walking Dead premiere. So Really? Yeah. And is that another Fathom event? It's another Fathom event that they're doing on April 15th. Um, Boy, they're like three years too late on the people hyped for that. Exactly. That's the thing. And they're trying to they're trying to pump it up as like, okay, now you're going to get to see like how Morgan, because Morgan is crossing over into Fear. So like that's... Weird. Oh yeah. So that's the big thing. Like the, even like when you go to the to the my local theater, they've got like the big cardboard, you know, cutout of, you know, Morgan and he's standing in the forefront and it's like, oh, it's like, all right, I get it. I mean, but yeah, they've missed the boat like the but even but even be Jake, but even low ratings for The Walking Dead are really oh, good, yeah. you know, as so eight, 8 plus million, right? Yeah, when you compare them to like other shows, they're still really good numbers, but yeah, yeah I mean, killed. yeah, they've they've lost a lot of fans along the way, and I think it, I think it starts at the top. Like when it's, it's what's weird about The Walking Dead is like whenever they get a new showrunner, for just like for a few episodes, we we as fans think it's better, and then it's kind of like when a basketball team or a football team gets a new coach and like they have a couple wins, you know, right? And then they then they go right back to their old ways, and then then you're like, oh, it wasn't the coach's fault. This, this show's just the team's just not good. Um. I, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there are very few more prime examples than The Walking Dead of unfocused storytelling when it, when they you know when they stretched it out from thirteen to sixteen yeah. episodes yeah. just looking to you know extend their season along. I yes. mean that that really hurt the show right there. Well, and shit, we just yeah. get so much filler now. Well, the the first season was six episodes when they had uh, Darabont. Right. 
Yep. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think Scott Gimple came in really strong. And then Scott, so what Scott Gimple did was he's basically, and I love Robert Kirkman. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great for comic books, but I don't think Robert Kirkman should be in control of your show. And I feel like that's what they've done. They've re- like Scott Gimple bends to Robert Kirkman and lets Kirkman do a lot. And, um, I think that, I think that Kirkman needs to just kind of like, I think that's why a lot of showrunners have left. It's because this has been over Kirkman. I don't know this for a fact, but this is just stuff that I've heard. So um, it makes sense. I mean, we see the same kind of things happen in the movies when yeah. there's too many chefs in the kitchen, yeah. and it's not a fun place to work. Well, they've got uh, they've got a new um, showrunner next season for The Walking Dead, so we'll see what happens with it. But uh, I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, Eric. What else did you have? Anything else? I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's okay. that's really all I got. I had a bunch of stuff going on this week, so yeah. I'm hoping to get some more done this week. I'm going to talk about a couple movies that I saw in the theater. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the new release, um, Unsane. Uh, it's about a young woman is involuntarily committed to a mental institution where she is confronted by her greatest fear. But is it real or a product of her, of her delusion? Uh, it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, it stars Claire Foy, Jay Farrow, Joshua Leonard, Amy Irving, Sarah Stiles, and Juno Temple. Um, this is a very low-budget horror thriller film, and it's got a budget of about $1.2 million. And it's Soderbergh's first horror-slash-thriller film, and it, I found out it was 100% shot on an iPhone. Um, and it's pretty impressive what he can do with an iPhone. Um, it... it this movie, it gives you like this feel, feel of like, as you're watching this character and her journey, um, it gives you a feel like of her helplessness in this whole situation. And it makes you wonder then as you're watching this character when she's, um, in this mental institution, if she really has gone crazy. Because you know, like, they, you, you get some, some past exposition that, that she had this traumatic thing happen to her in the past where she had a real life stalker. Um, and she's been moving from, you know, city to city, um, trying to, you know, just get away from this stalker. And, um, so, but then you find out through the movie that she's seeing her stalker in the mental institution. So is she really, yeah, is she really seeing this guy or is she losing her mind? And the movie always is asking that question of you and then also of the character herself. So she doesn't know what's going on uh, at first um, and you don't know if you can believe her. And, and, and you know, is, is she really seeing this? Is this really happening? Is she losing her mind? Um, it also, it's really cool. David, uh, like Steven Soderbergh does this really cool thing too, where he also incorporates like how mental health facilities could manipulate, uh, the insurance system and how people are, you know, how, how basically it's become sales to these people that work, these administrators that work there. So they have you sign a waiver, you, and unbeknownst to your, to you, you're, you're actually committing yourself, um, when you're signing this and, as long as you have good insurance, you're going to be held there until your benefits run out and they let you go. And it's just just how they're going to bleed you for you know bleed your insurance for money for insurance money. And God, uh, that shit's gross. And um, Jay Farrow is really good in this movie. Uh, I really enjoyed his character in this. And um, Steven Soderbergh, I want to see him do more of this. This was ambitious. Uh, it was. 
really good length. I think it was like maybe an hour and a half. So really good length for the film. And, um, I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I, you know what? I'm going to give him a Tupperware for this. I really am. I, it's one of those things like, I don't know if I'll watch this movie again, but I'll be damned if I did not have a good time watching it. I, I don't watch a lot of horror movies twice or, you know, a lot of horror movies that I do watch for a second time are, are things that were nostalgic from my past. Well, what's the shifting? I'm getting, the shifting's driving me nuts. Jesus. I don't know. Is somebody filming something on an iPhone over there? <laughs> Steven Soderbergh filming something on a fucking iPhone? Jesus, anyway. That um, is a great um, advertisement for freaking Apple, having Steven Soderbergh film his entire movie on a freaking iPhone. Yeah, they, I don't know if they like really promoted it as that. I had to look into it a little bit. But every phone that's being used in the movie is an iPhone. So, But uh, it's impressive, man. And I think like... Uh, I think it's cool that a filmmaker that has like pretty much all the, you know, uh, filmmaking, um, tech at his fingertips went ahead and just did this with an iPhone. I think that's really ambitious and really cool. And it's awesome. I, and it's nice to see Jay Farrow getting some high profile work too. Yeah. I, I've been a big fan of him since S. He really has been yeah. off the radar since leaving SNL. He didn't leave SNL. Oh, yeah. Since getting shit canned off yeah. of SNL. Yeah. Him and, um, What's the other guy who's dating um, Colby Smulders? Uh, Taron Killam. Taron Killam. They did not leave. Yeah, they were forced off that show. So it's kind of fucked up. But anyway, yeah, Jay Farrow's really charismatic in this. He's great. He does He does do a little bit of the Eddie Murphy laugh in it. And I was just like, <laughs> all right, we get it. We get it, Jay. He's your hero. We get it. But I, I liked him. I really liked him a lot in this movie. And I, I Steven Soderbergh, for a guy that said he was going to fucking retire – uh, coming out and doing Logan Lucky, which I thought was fun. This is even better. Like I, I never, never in a million years would I have ever guessed that Steven Soderbergh would do a horror thriller film, and for it to be this fun and entertaining. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm just. It seems like he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just having fun. Mm-hmm. Like if he's not going to retire, he's just only going to do stuff. Yeah, don't he's really yeah. gonna exactly. Don't 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 put these time restrictions on yourselves. You know, like with these, yeah. with these, with these, like Quentin Tarantino, I, he, when he was 20 or whatever the fuck, I'm going to do 10 movies and then I'm gone. No, come on. Knock it off. Just yeah. be, be done when you're done. That's just silly. <laughs> you, you know, if I, if I want to, if I, if I listen to my, my 20 year old self, like what the fuck? Right? <laughs> come on. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. What a genius he was to yeah. know at 20 that yeah. it would be exactly 10 movies. Fuck off with that. That's stupid. <laughs> little, little Quentin Tarantino countdown. Fuck off with that shit. And then he, then he does little things like, well, Kill Bill's just one movie, you know, and like, oh, if I do the Star Trek movie, that's not one of my own. That's not a, that's not, that's not one of my properties. So I, I, I can do that. So that doesn't count as one of the 10. Or if I do TV, I can do TV. Come on, knock it off. You make your own rules. At yeah, that make point, your own so rules. Whatever. Just yeah, come on. Just like just come out and say, yeah, I, I renounce my twenty year old dumbass statements. That was stupid. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep making. Mo- it's not like Scorsese's like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, these movies and then I'm done. No, he's still making movies. This is stupid. Yeah. It's probably a financial move, if anything. He probably knows it won't be exactly ten. But yeah. the tenth movie will get that extra billing because yeah. it could be billed as the last, but the f- it won't yeah. really be the last movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is for me. 
It is for me. I will never, I will never recognize. If he ever comes out with number 11, I will not recognize it in the Tarantino catalog. <laughs> Fuck you, yeah, Tarantino. That's, that's basically me with Clerks 2. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Clerks Two was terrible. It was terrible. I'm not gonna lie. It was terrible. I've never seen a second of it. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I did not like it. I was not a fan of it. They filmed it in color. I wasn't a big fan of that. I was like, Come yeah, on. you know, if, they, if it would have been black and white, I think they would have. Even with it probably still not being great, I would have. Yeah, it wouldn't have seemed such a freaking sellout. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see here. I, I want to talk about, uh, I went to the theater, and I have seen Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, Jake, I know you haven't seen it. Eric, have you seen it? No. All right, I am the lone wolf. I am the lone voice when it comes to Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, Jake Pentecost, son of Stacker Pentecost, reunites with Mako Mori to lead a new generation of Jaeger pilots, including rival Lambert and 15-year-old hacker Amara. Against the new kaiju threat, it's directed by Stephen S. Knight. It's written by Stephen S. Knight, so we got No Guillermo del Toro as director, Travis Beecham, who has worked on the previous film and also worked on Pacific Rim comics and and books and things like that. No Travis Beecham on this. It's it's all Stephen S. Knight. Uh, this movie stars John Boyega, uh, Scott Eastwood, who after after this film, I like to call him Chris Evans Light. Um, it it also has uh, Charlie Day, who is like. Throughout this movie, he looks like he's dressed in uh, in Matt Murdock Daredevil cosplay. Uh, Burn Gornum is back. Uh, Rinko Kikuchi is back. She's back as Macklemore. Um This movie, what is it, like 46% or something on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just and not really doing well on Rotten Tomatoes. Um I, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, five years ago, Jake, this was our first, Pacific Rim was our first Tupperware party five years ago on Pop Culture Leftovers. First Tupperware party. Yep, yep. And, and I, I think that still holds up. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Absolutely. No, I know, I know you're not. I, yeah. just, I was just thinking, I was like, it's a, that's a solid first Tupperware. Fucking A, it's a solid first Tupperware. And, I'm proud uh, of that. So, you know, going into this one, you know, I, you know, I saw the trailers. I think like the, you know, the second trailer kind of let me down. I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to this at all. Jeez. And so I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the IMAX ticket. Like I was like, if you would have asked me five years ago, am I going to go see the second one on IMAX if it ever comes out? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking A, I'm going to do that. So I didn't get the IMAX ticket. I just went to the regular 2D showing. And, um, as I'm watching it, I'm, um, I will say this, like John Boyega, Fantastic. He's so charismatic and so good in this movie. I loved him so much in this movie. Very funny. And uh, I think he definitely better than Charlie Hunnam. So, I mean, it's as far as like, you know, like leading, leading men in a Pacific Rim film. I got to give it up to John Boyega. I thought he was really good. Had some really funny one liners and things like that. So I really enjoyed him in the role. Um, this is one that I actually, I've watched it twice. So I had to, to really nail down my rating. I really, I had to see it twice. So I watched it yesterday and I watched it again today. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be controversial here. I fucking loved this movie. I fucking loved Pacific Rim Uprising. And I think wow. that the people that are seeing this, and, and trust me, like I know what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. I haven't read the reviews. I haven't read the reviews. I haven't seen anyone else's reviews. I've just seen the the overall Rotten Tomatoes score that it's forty six percent. I 
I don't know what what people are not liking about this movie. So if you don't like this movie, my best guess is that you forgot what the first movie was about and you forgot the the you forgot the movie um or you didn't like the first one to begin with because this one basically it's 10 years later there hasn't been a breach and you're dealing with Jake Pentecost Stacker's son who was played by Idris Elba in this one um who was played by Idris Elba in the original film and this movie is very much building off of what Guillermo del Toro and Travis Beecham did it 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 does some new things but i mean it it really builds off of all the all that with the world building that they set up in the first movie it's not a slap in the face to the original film it's it's kind of they really it's kind of a love letter to what those guys did in that first film and i'd say the weakest i don't know like some of the weakest stuff is in the first hour i guess but there's still some really good shit in there and they're doing new things it's not just like it is it is 100 just like rock em, sock em robots and let's beat the shit out of monsters but they're doing some new cool fun things this is not a uh, annihilation with alex garland this is not a rival with uh, uh you know denny Villeneuve. this is just fun stupid robot action and i'm not talking transformers convoluted bullshit and mythology where you get lost in the story and you don't know what's going on this is a very simple story yet fun story and things are presented in a fun and easy way to follow and 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 characters, yes, you can say like, oh my god, the characters, the acting and all this shit. Watch the first fucking movie. If you like the first movie, they're not doing anything different in this one. They're actually – it's actually a wink to the first movie. You still have like the one pilot who's like you know, raging against the machine, who doesn't want to do things the way that they do it. And the other pilot who's like fucking Iceman, you know, uh, Iceman versus Maverick and Top Gun. You, you still have that dynamic here with you know uh, Scott Eastwood and John Boyega. They still got that rivalry going on. They even do the little love triangle thing. And it's stupid, and it's supposed to be stupid and silly. And they even they even they even let you know it's supposed to be silly. Like there's a point in time where the girl kisses Scott Eastwood on the cheek, and then immediately kisses John Boyega on the cheek, and then John Boyega kind of looks in the screen and he's like, "Well, if that wasn't confusing," and like and like and it, it's funny. This is this is this is Pacific Rim, and it's and it's great, and it's 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 robots beating up robots. There's a really fun twist in. This this one uh charlie day comes back and is great in this movie burn gordon is great in this movie if you like starship troopers if you like the latest starship trooper trader of mars if you like those movies and you like the original pacific rim there's a lot more of it in this and the action's not stupid it's not like some of the stupid action that we see in the transformers movies the action's fun and i, lo- I love the new jaegers i wanted to spend more time with them i lo- like what are the there's a new there's like a new evil jaeger called the City and Fury, and I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> and, uh, I loved it. I Tupperware this movie. I've seen it twice. I will watch it again. I, you know, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says about this one. I had a good fucking time in the movie theater, and I, and you know what? I think my audience did too. I think I, I think both audiences that I saw had a really good time with this one. So, where's the Jaeger named Todd? Todd, yeah. Todd. <laughs> no, it's funny, like, the, what are the Jaeger's names? There's like, there was the uh, Athena, 
Athena Cuntbot. What? No, what was her name? Athena is the female <laughs> one. It was a, it was Athena something. And then there was, uh, I, I'm trying to think, like all the names of these Jaegers sounded like, uh, like, like Gillette Razor names. <laughs> like they, it sounded like they could all be Gillette Razors. I don't know. I'd have to look up the names. They're the, pretty hilarious. The best mech a man could get. Yeah, the best mech a man could get. But uh, I, I love I'm glad it. to hear that it's not uh, like kind of a soft reboot because that was kind of one of the things I was afraid of. No, with no. Deltora leaving. It's very much built off of the of the Deltora stuff. It really did. Um, Makomori is is. Um, I mean, I mean, there's still Mako Mori and Jake Pentecost basically were raised as brother and sister. So that relationship is presented in this film. I think if you, I think, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch the original one before you see this one again, because it has been five years and maybe you've forgotten the tone of the original Pacific Rim and what made Pacific Rim Pacific Rim. But I think that, I think Travis Knight gets it. I do think that we waited a long time to see, you know, Jaeger versus, you know, Kaiju. But when we got there, it was amazing. And that the last hour of this film is just action packed and fun. I loved it. And, uh, fucking John Boyega, when he says, don't me- don't don't mess with my damn toppings. I fucking it, you gotta buy. He's, he's putting ice cream toppings on his uh, ice cream. Pretty fucking. Oh, and Scott and Scott Eastwood's character is giving him shit about how many toppings are you gonna put on your ice cream? And he goes, "Don't mess with my damn toppings." <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking cool. He's so hilarious. I I love John Boyega, and he's he's a great leading man in the Pacific Rim universe. I I don't think that we're gonna get Pacific Rim three. This movie does set it up that we could get a Pacific Rim three, and I love the way it leaves it off. I love the way it leaves it off. It leaves this movie off with a threat a threat to the precursors and i love it and i want to see part three will it ever get made probably not unless netflix or amazon prime wants to do a series but you're not getting john boyega you're probably not getting charlie day um you might get burn gornham but you're not going to get some of these guys that are being that that you'll get in in film and i don't know if you're going to be able to pull off the special effects that you can in this movie jake it's I mean, it's, it's, it's spectacular action. This is big budget action and it's fun. And, and the, the fighting's well choreographed. The Jaegers look great. They move great. It's all there. The story's all there. They, I, I, I loved it. It was just fun. And, um, fuck the 46% rating. Um, I loved it. And, uh, I think more people should give it a chance and, and watch the original film before you see this one and then go and see it. And I, I think uh, you'll, you, you might have some fun with it. So I loved it. Yeah, you, you, you know what, Brian? The original was only um, a 71 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I think it's just people just – this isn't their thing. And I think, you know, a sequel is going to make it even more so that for a yeah. lot of these critics. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved the first one and I felt like this really like built on the world of the of the original. You know, they they still had like the neural handshake, you know, from the original film. People were drifting and and um, I, I even God damn it. I even like the little girl in this movie, you know, like and I, I'm not a big fan of kids in these action movies all the time. 
So, and I, I thought that she, I thought that she was a very competent actor and, and she, I really enjoyed her character. She's the little girl. She, uh, she built a scrapper, which was like, she built her own Jaeger out of like decommissioned Jaegers. She would steal the parts from these scrapyards and she built her own Jaeger. And like they, they summed up her backstory about as quick as they summed up Macklemore's backstory in the first movie. Yes, this, this, this recycles a lot of stuff in the first movie, but it does it in such a great, fun way. Um, I loved it, man. Tupperware, I don't give a shit. And I, 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 I know people are gonna think I'm crazy, but I had, man, damn. like what you like. like I liked it, it, man. Yeah. I saw it twice is, and I, I loved it. Is the audience score any better or? I don't know. What's the audience score at? Give me a second. I'm on. I, I I was curious about Pacific Rim one. Let me yeah. flip back over. Uh, what is the score? It's uh 44 on Metacritic, 47 on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me. Uh, what, what's the name of the audience score thing I'm again? Pausing it. Hold on. All right. The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is at a 57, percent so it's three percent below a passing grade. Yeah, it's a B on Cinema Score. Um, Which is real good. Yeah. But yeah. I uh, I really enjoyed this one. I really did. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out when it hits for you. Yeah, yeah. I might go see it again in the fucking theater. To be to be quite honest with you, <laughs> it was it's like too bad. It's too bad you can't IMAX it. It's too bad they took that away. Yeah. Well, no, it's still an IMAX. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I figured they would just keep playing Black Panther. No, it's, uh, it depends on which, I mean, if you go to a Goodrich theater, I know it's 100% in the IMAX. I don't know about AMC. Mm, okay, yeah. They're probably just going with whatever's packing the most butts, so. Uh, Hard I, saying. When I went to see Black Panther last week for the fourth time, I couldn't believe how many people were in the theater at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. There was at least 40 people seeing Black Panther that morning. And like, uh, that was five weeks into its run. So. Yeah, it's well, pretty- it just hit. Hit number one superhero movie of all time, didn't it? Domestically, domestically, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. It, it passed up uh, Avengers by yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's still rolling too. Fuck yeah, it is. Uh, burr, burr, burr. Let's jump into uh, pop culture leftovers news. Hit ye, hit ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. What if the news was gangsters suck? Like, what if the news just sucked this week, right? Uh, are you, are, is, is this a test? I don't know. Is it really going to suck? I don't know. I just, I was just throwing it out there, that question. Like, what if it was I think we could make even the worst news interesting. Oh, fuck off with that positive bullshit <laughs> attitude of yours. That shit makes me sick. What you, what it, you, 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 you sound like one of those assholes that got the hang in there fucking uh, poster with the cat, you know? Yeah, hang yeah. in there, cat. Yeah, or those, one of those, those, those inspirational fucking, uh, posters. Like, it's got the one word, like, courage, and like some asshole jumping over a cliff or some bullshit, right? Yeah, I got my chicken soup for the soul coffee table book. Uh, oh, right God. Here. Yeah, yeah, fuck off with your positive attitude, right? <laughs> seriously, like, I want, seriously, I would just, like, if you walked in, like, if I had, like, my own office, and you walked in, you'd basically, I'd have a poster of, like, the, the feeblest person you could imagine like a guy looking like Gollum with like no will to live, just holding like a white flag of surrender. Like that's it. Like that's my fucking. That's my poster. There's my inspirational poster. That's like that's it, just it's just the, the most feeble person, just willing to just throw in the towel and give it up. Right. All right. Anyway, no. <laughs> I like it. 
I think you. I'm you feeling you. Poster. <laughs> what? We need to get Johannes on making this poster. <laughs> yeah, just, oh my god! Anyway, uh, Rod Tomatoes had an article about Mike Judge um, and uh, his King of the Hill revival. Um, he talked about wanting to possibly do this uh, last year, last summer. Um, it was uh, basically Fox announced plans to possibly develop a revival of King of the Hill based on the success of revivals like X-Files, Will and Grace, Full House, and the upcoming Roseanne. On the red carpet for Paley Fest, honoring his show Silicon Valley, Mike Judge told Rotten Tomatoes he would revisit the Hill family, but only if he could make them older. Uh, quote, it would have to be a passage of time. People have grown up. I think the Simpsons are so iconic just the way they're drawn. You can keep Bart the same age for 60 years. Our characters, it was starting to strain a little bit to have Bobby still be that age for that long. So um, basically – That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's time so grounded in reality. You can't you – can't, how many Bobby stories can you have at that age Well, a show like that? We're also, I think it makes sense too because you're, I don't think they're bringing Luann back because, uh, Brittany Murphy passed away and she was the voice of Luann and then she married Lucky and Lucky was the voice of, um, Tom Petty on that show for two, three seasons that he was on and then he passed away last year. So I think that they would probably, it would be probably Bobby's family, you know, and maybe I think it'd be kind of funny if they did kind of like a, like, uh, what was it, like, uh, Ray Romano, Everybody Loves Raymond, like, where his parents live, like, next door or across the street, if they did the same thing here in Ireland, where Bobby, you know, Bobby lives in Ireland, but he lives just a few houses down from, like, you know, Peggy and, and Hank. I think that would be, I loved King of the Hill. King of the Hill went for 13 seasons. I've probably seen every episode twice, I, at least twice, if not more, but I love this show, and I would love to see it get, uh, revived on, on, See, that's the thing. That's what I'm worried about with this whole Disney-Fox acquisition. Like, this was all talk before Disney decided to go ahead and buy Fox. So who knows what – but th- Disney won't own Fox proper, but it's not like this would – if this was going to be on FX, which this sounds more like it would be an FX show, that they – I don't know if they'd put this on, like, the Fox, like, the main flagship, flagship station or not. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, you would think they'd have faith for it, and they'd have a perfect spot for it since they still run their animation Sundays. Yeah, and it's not like the show's not in syndication anymore. They still have it on Adult Swim. So yeah, I, I would think the smart move would be to just run this on Fox proper. But I, I, I can see what you're saying. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Did you hear that they dropped the uh, the the Donald Glover Deadpool animated show? I, I did hear that. What's what's so, what is up with that? Yeah, I don't 100 percent know what's going on with that. I don't I want to. They jump said the gun well, they said creative. Villainize. They said creative differences. Yeah, it seems I I know though, but he has such a great working relationship with Disney so far, right? Like, it, well, this I mean, this was not going to be Disney. This is this was going to be an FXX, and I know that Di- Disney's not quite there with FXX, but. He has a relationship with both companies. I mean, he's working with Disney when it comes to uh, – he, he'd already done – well, he worked with Sony and so I guess Marvel Studios with the Spider-Man Homecoming and then, of course, with Lando. But he's also – Atlanta on Lion FX. Lion coming up too. But yeah, and then Atlanta on FX. Yeah. So he's worked with both you know, Disney and Fox. 
and I, you know, so I don't know. I heard creative differences. I also heard his schedule is kind of crazy, but um, I, that I believe because he's trying to do a tour as well with everything he's got going on. Yeah, I don't know. I it makes me it makes me wonder. Like, what do you think, Eric? Do you think like Disney was like, wait, wait a second, let's let's wait. We don't know what we're going to do with Deadpool going forward, so we'll just wait on that. Yeah, I mean, that's – the creative difference thing, you, you wonder. I mean, you've got one one of the hottest names right now working on one of the hottest properties. Yeah. I mean, something's interesting there about – I don't know if they didn't like the direction he wanted to go, but something just sounds funny about that. You would think – it would it would make at least some sense if Disney kind of stuck their hand in it because we know Disney's it wouldn't be the first time Disney's done that. So that's the only thing that makes sense to me in that scenario. This was like what's what's crazy about this to me is that it was ordered like they ordered a straight to series. I think it was like a maybe a ten episode straight to series, and they hadn't started anything on it. So it was like okay, I was it. Was it the fact that Donald Glover and you know his brother haven't started on the series yet that's that's upsetting them and and they're just going to cite it as creative differences because like this was supposed to be rolling and coming out next year or I I don't know there's a lot of questions but it's upsetting that we're not going to get this series I was hoping that we'd get to both see this series and the Harley Quinn series I, I was hoping that they'd be able to compete against each other you know we got the Harley Quinn animated series coming out from the DC streaming service so. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. I, I was like, yeah, you, you, it's a it's a it's a. How can you lose with that combination, Eric? It's like Deadpool and Donald Glover. It's like a perfect match. It's chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, it's like saying no to chocolate and peanut butter. Who does that? Exactly. Disney does that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is a shame. I'm sure he could have done a lot of really fun stuff with the character. And I agree with you, Brian. It's a. It's how do you lose with that combination? Yeah, I, I think your speculation about scheduling differences is highly probable. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, and I don't want to see, I don't want to be like the guy on the podcast that like tries to villainize Disney, but I love a lot of what they do. Trust me. I really do. They've brought a lot of joy to a lot of people, but they've also, I didn't like what they, I did not like them strong arming theaters about this last Jedi stuff that, oh, that, that really Man, that pissed me off. And, and, um, you know, uh, and then what was it with, uh, the LA, was it the LA Times who they did not let to go, they, they did not let into certain events and things like that? I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, that's, uh, it's when a, it's, it's when a big studio like that, that has too much power and they start doing things like that, it, I start to have a problem with. So I hope it, I really hope that it wasn't kind of like Disney saying like, yeah, I know we're not there yet, but let's hold, let's hold your horses on that one. Because if they did, that's, I mean, they really stopped production on something that I think would have been like a huge hit for FX, man. Like you can't tell me that, like everybody loves Atlanta. Everybody loves Deadpool. And like, you're telling me that I could watch like that, like hyper violence on FX like that every week. And like, and, and they're already starting to drop F-bombs on fucking FX. So, I mean, that, that, a Deadpool animated show with hyper-violence, like, and I think, weren't they going to get, like, the animators from Archer to do this show? Like, oh, I was so ready for this, man. 
Yeah, that would have been very, that would have been very good. Yeah, it's hard saying though. That stupid creative differences, man. It really just covers such a wide array of what really could have happened. That's true. Yeah, uh, I got some updates on the uh, Men in Black spinoff uh, film from THR, and uh, the title of the article was Tessa Thompson is joining her Thor Ragnarok co-star Chris Hemsworth in Sony's Men in Black reboot. Uh, did hold on, hold on, take me back a few weeks, Jake. Uh, we had an episode with Joe Stark. Did I or did I not say? I don't know. I can't remember. Did I or did I not say I would like to see Tessa Thompson in a Men in Black reboot or spinoff or whatever the fuck? I, I, I can't completely fact check God that. God damn it. Give I'm me sorry. the fucking credit. I think I said it. Eric, did I say it or not? Jesus Christ, I can't get any credit. I got you shit. Uh, I, I, all I do is hear you shift it over there the entire episode. But uh, when, I, when I ask you for some real feedback, I can't get it. I'm fucking with you. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes <laughs> just so you don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I think I did. I don't remember. Um, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm drunk. You know. I know I didn't, but I can't. I, I don't remember you saying it. You asshole. God damn it. Do I have to? Hey, do I have to turn this podcast around, pause it, and play that shit? Jesus. Anyway, so, somebody let me know. Somebody fucking let me know if I said that shit. Anyway, uh, Fate of the Furious filmmaker F. Gary Gray is set to direct the movie, uh, written by Iron Man screenwriters Matt Holloway and Art Markham. Uh, the film studio has the film dated for June 14th, 2019. And, um, I, uh, if they can get Tessa Thompson to be in this, I, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I literally just watched Thor Ragnarok again two, three nights ago. And I just watched it last night. Yeah. And I mean, so I'm not like I'm not 100% like on Chris Hemsworth being like the lead in the movie, but if they get Tessa Thompson, I'm all in. She's so good. Yeah, uh, she's amazing. I wish she could just be the lead. Yeah, she's amazing. I like her. I would like uh I get who would I who would I cast? It would be it would be The Rock, Tessa Thompson. Fuck, I just get the Jumanji cast. Let's just do. Let's just do. Just take Jake. You watched Jumanji again, right? Yeah, yeah. Just just last night. You re, are you retro? Great. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, yeah. it's by no means a perfect movie, but it's just so much fun. Yes. And there's just so so much juice to it, and uh, it was making me laugh even more the second time. The scene where um, Karen Gillan's character does the like flirting with the guards to distract them. Yeah. Oh, that scene is hilarious. Oh God! When Jack Black has to pee. <laughs> yeah, all the penis humor is very funny. <laughs> Some of the best dick it. jokes I've seen in a long time. Lost it. I love that movie. It's so good. No, but I, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I, are I, we getting Jumaji too? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we are. Yeah, I was curious about that. I, I hadn't heard any rumblings about it, but no, it, yeah. like it made so much goddamn money. Oh God, yeah. Sony's very happy with that. So I guess it all depends on, like, you know, I mean, we've heard the rumors that Sony Entertainment is selling off that, you know, Sony's selling off that division possibly. So we'll see what happens. So, um, I hope not. I, I, I'm sick of these studios selling off. I just want to, God, just, it's sickening. Anyway, but yeah, Tessa Thompson. I love her. She's so fucking good. I like, God, she, she's got such range. She was, uh, such a bitch in Westworld. So good in that role. Such, such a confident businesswoman, but such a bitch in that role. And, uh, but she was so good in it. And then, and then she was like this meek, kind of like a quiet scientist in annihilation. Um, 
she played that role really well for the limited screen time that they gave her. And then just hilarious, absolutely hilarious um, in Thor Ragnarok. She's got so much range. And yeah, she's doing a great job yeah. picking roles that's not going to get her like typecast. Like she's there you doing go. it all. So that's the thing here. That's it. They get the Men in Black spinoff, Jake. What, how is she going to play it? We don't fucking know. It's not like she's going to get the role and we can be, and we can nail it down and be like, oh, okay, she's going to do the Valkyrie thing in Thor. Yeah. It's like, no. She's going to be the super nerd girl or whatever, yeah, you know. Exactly. You we, know? we don't know. She's got, she's got fantastic range. Like, you, you, she, I mean, you watch her in Westworld. You, every role that I've seen her in, she's been able to play it. Uh, she's a chameleon. And so it'll be interesting to see how she, uh, if she does join that cast. What, what what kind of a character she's going to be in uh, in Men in Black? I hope that she's kind of like the the young Will Smith recruit that comes in there and is fun and and that shit. Because like that's what I loved about her character as Valkyrie. Like when you know, yeah, they they kind of they, they kind of promoted alcoholism with her character because she was she was a fun drunk, right? <laughs> Did yeah. people complain? Was that a complaint people had? Uh no. I don't oh, think I, so. I hope I not. Assumed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, probably. Somebody was probably pissing and moaning about it out there, right, Jake? There yeah. some, How dare I take my kids yeah. to see this movie and now they want to do nothing but drink. Oh, yeah. Now, no, yeah. I just saw Thor Ragnarok. I'm going to go on. Now I'm a fucking Asgardian keyboard warrior when I get home. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. you fucking piece of shit. Anyway. <laughs> this is my Joel Noor, my uh, keyboard. <laughs> Eric, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Eric, what are your thoughts on a uh, Men in Black spinoff film? Are, are you just, are you over it? Like, are you just kind of like, yeah, I'll see what they can do? I, I, I'm interested to see what they can do. I'm, I'm not overly excited about it, but I, I'm interested to see what direction they go. I actually like Chris Hemsworth. I, I forgot. It's funny that you watched it because, like I said, I just watched re We watched. Ragnarok last night, and I forgot how good that movie was. I mean, I, I knew yeah. it was good. It just, it, it's just, it's so enjoyable and so fun. And I, I think Chris Hemsworth is actually he, he's good in the part. He's the question is, will they be able to write to the character as well as and direct as well as talk with TV? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that, that's a huge part of that. So. I, but I'm curious to see what they could do. I thought I think they had good chemistry, and I think a, a lot of it will play well. I, I th- and I'd like to see an updated version of Men in Black. So I, I'd like to see what they can do. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a fu- it's a fun concept. Like if you break it down to like what is Men in Black, it's like they are hiding existence of aliens that are living on Earth now. Like, and some of these aliens are undocumented, and. You know, like one of the funniest scenes in all of like movies ever is like the that tentacled alien giving birth to her baby. Like the first time I saw that fucking scene and that 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 tentacle is like flipping Will Smith all over the place. (laughs) I mean, I saw I I saw that movie in the theater, I think, when I was like 18 or 19 or whatever. And I, I I mean, that was that was like one of those landmark films. Like, oh, my God, that was that was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. It's a great like kind of pond to play in, yeah. you know, figuring out fun, different, yes. creative, wacky aliens that oh, we yeah. can encounter and run into. Jake, can you imagine Edgar Wright getting a crack at Men in Black and how amazing uh, that movie would be? Yeah, yeah, Edgar Wright would be fantastic at that, Men in Black. Yeah, you give Edgar Wright Men in Black with Tessa Thompson, and I, I say even throw in Chris Hemsworth, and um, 
you've, you've got yourself a great movie. So, um, and Eric, you make a great point. Like, I think Taika Waititi would be a great director in this too. Like, cause it, you could tell that they had so much fun just filming this on set, you know, and I've seen a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, you know, and they did have a lot of fun. I, I, I remember watching like the live Facebook recording after they wrapped filming and like how much fun they were having. And it's, and so I hope F Gary Gray can, can, can pull this off. I, you know, and as much as I love Paul Feig, I just wasn't a big fan of that Ghostbusters film. And I, I want everybody to know, I don't blame the ladies for that for for that movie not being good. I don't yeah, think the jokes just the, didn't hit for you. Yeah, the just jokes didn't hit for me because I I separately I love Kate McKinnon and I love Kristen Wiig and Leslie Jones. So, but um, anyway, I noticed you didn't say Melissa McCarthy. You know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what are they? I liked her in Bridesmaids. Thought she was fucking great. And that was a Paul Feig movie. I thought, you know, when they use her sparingly, you know, I don't know. I don't. I just don't understand. Like uh, some of the physical comedy, it just you know, like I'm watching. The, I'm, right, uh, I, I'm right there with you. I yeah. think he gets a little bit hammy over the top, and sometimes yeah. that makes me kind of roll my eyes at it. Right. You know, it's like it's, I, sometimes when the comics rely on the the physical comedy too much, like oh shit, I. Oh, she got hit in the face with a fucking lamp. Ah. You know, it's like some, like some, like I don't know. There's some masters at it. You know, Chevy Chase was really good at the physical comedy. It was funny, yeah. and and so was. It's uh, a fine line yeah. between being funny and not looking like a tryhard. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'll I'll watch her new movie. I'll watch that. What's that new one? She's going back to going back to college with her daughter and shit. Have you seen the trailers for Cock Blockers? Yeah, that actually looks kind of funny. Oh my, I can't, Cena. I cannot wait to see that. That looks really good. <laughs> I was good. surprised at how funny that looked. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. I was like, uh, I loved Game Night. Game Night's a fucking Tupperware. I love Game Night. And then I saw the trailer for Cockblockers. I was like, ah, Cockblockers might, uh, might give Game Night a run for its money. It looks pretty funny. Yeah, very clever way of naming the movie and putting that on a poster too. Just yeah. having the rooster symbol. Exactly, the rooster symbol and then blockers. So, what do you, do you do? You call it blockers, or do you call it cock blockers? And I got another thing for you here in a second that I that I forgot to bring up earlier. I've been calling it cock blockers I've been to answer it, that yeah. question. Yeah. Have you guys seen the trailer for uh, Action Point? No, I don't know what that is. All yeah, right. I haven't heard of that. All right, so uh, you guys fans uh, fans of Jackass, Johnny Knoxville. I'm hit and miss with it. Oh God, I love Johnny Knoxville and the Jackass guys. What about you, Eric? You you a fan? No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> just no. no, no, not really. Yeah, see, I love it. I love it. I'm talking about how much I not a big fan of physical. I love physical comedy when it's real, when people are really getting fucked up and hurt. Um, <laughs> You're a sadist, basically. Action Point is is the new is the new film that he's doing. And uh, I saw the trailer for it. They they run it before Pacific Rim Uprising, and uh, it's it's based on a true story. Uh, there was, and you can watch the documentary. Last time I saw it, it was on um, uh, YouTube. But it's uh, it's based on a real park called Action Park, and it's I think it was in New Jersey, and like it got closed in the '90s, but it was open in the like '70s and '80s and '90s, early '90s, and it had like the least amount of like rules and restrictions. Like I think like they said like six people died at action park. Um, and just, Whoa. yeah, just like crazy wow. shit, like crazy shit used to happen at action park. Just like, you know, like 
they didn't pay attention to a lot of the rules and there was like a lot of rides that could really fuck you up like they had like this slalom ride that was like a like a cement like it was like cement a slalom ride like well, a bobsled bobsled it was like a cement bobsled um wow. yeah and like so Johnny Knoxville is doing a movie called Action Point which is basically kind of like he's basically taking like the real life story life story of like Action Park and putting it into a film and the movie it's scripted but all the stunts are real so it's like a jackass film within like a scripted film so i think that's an interesting idea yeah actually. yeah i think he did the same thing with bad grandpa which i i'll be honest i haven't seen bad grandpa um but uh i think i'm gonna try to find that one because i i love i love him and chris pontius and steve-o and all those fucking guys and if you haven't seen the steve-o fucking stand-up act fucking hilarious um i think i saw it in showtime but uh yeah oh fuck you know what i fucking <laughs> you know what i forgot to talk about where is it no jesus christ i lost that nose no damn it what the fuck happened to it anyway yeah here it is i got it i found it holy shit i got one more news story uh street fighter tv series based on video game franchise in the works at E1. Uh, entertainment. Live action? Huh? Live action? Uh, yeah, let me get to, yeah, it's, yeah, here we go. Entertainment One. Mark Gordon has closed the deal to develop, produce, and finance TV series adaptation of the popular Street Fighter global video game franchise, uh, franchise with Joey Ansa, Jacqueline Quella, and Mark Wooding, the team behind the live action web series, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. Um, so, I reviewed uh, on Pop Culture Leftovers, I think maybe two, three years ago, I reviewed uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. And from what I remember, I think I gave it a Tupperware. I loved it. I loved Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. And it, uh, it was on Hulu at the time. It's no longer on Hulu. You can rent it on Amazon Prime if you want to. But, um, Eric, have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen Street Fighter Assassin's Fist? No, I've not. Okay. Basically, I'll be honest with you. Ken looks like a dude wearing a bad wig. It's it's like really like like the way they look, mm-hmm. it just looks like bad cosplay or just cosplay. Like but it's as far as like video game movies are concerned, this was originally a web series and you can watch it all as like a, a collected film if you want to. And um I saw it on Hulu and uh I raved about it on the show. I loved it. It showed like the relationship between Ken and Ryu and how they met and um, them training. And I loved it. And uh, the big bad at the end of the movie was Akuma and um, real low budget, but man, was it, it was fucking a ton of fun. And this is basically the same team. Uh, it goes on a little bit here to talk about like what this, I think what it's going to be street fighter. The series will draw on the game game's World Warrior story arc introduced in the 1991 Street Fighter 2, the World Warrior sequel to the original game as the jumping off point, centering on four protagonists, protagonists Ryu, Ken, Guile, and Chun-Li. Together, they fight to take down M. Bison, the evil mastermind who runs Shadaloo, a global criminal organization. Though on different journeys, our heroes' paths will cross as they are drawn into the world tournament a competition devised by M. Bison to find the most powerful and capable fighter in the world. 
on the journey they come to share. They must draw on their strength, skills, intelligence, and loyalty in a battle to survive and emerge as the world warrior. Um, so it's from the same people that did uh, Assassin's Fist, but it's, I'm wondering, like, why are they announcing this? Is it going to be, like, a bigger budget kind of deal? Are they recasting? Because, you know, I, I don't know. I... I, I they, they, okay, so there was Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, and then after, and that was like a 13 episode, 12, 13 episode deal. And then two years later, they came out with Street Fighter Resurrection, which was done by, uh, Machinima, and it was only like a four episode deal, and I wasn't the biggest fan of that. It had the same Ken and Ryu actors, but I just wasn't as big a fan of that, but it did set up like the whole M. Bison thing. And I'm like wondering, are they just talking about that story going forward? Or are they talking like a whole brand new thing with the same producers? Which that, do you want, Brian? Um, uh, I would like to actually see, I would actually like to see kind of like a big budget thing done with, with these people. I, I think it's kind of like, um, you know, it's, these guys that that uh, the producers, the actors that the producer worked with originally are great, but man, if they could if they could cast some real talent, like I'm talking, like you cast like Tony Jaa's Ryu, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, and like if you could, like imagine if they uh, what that that Icelandic actor um, that plays um, the mountain. Imagine if they cast him as Zangief, right? Oh, yeah, that, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I, now that you said it, I, I agree. I, I think you you start over. Yeah, it's not a big enough thing that you're going to alienate people of the right. original cast or anything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, not to take anything away from the Van Damme movie, but yeah, I will take everything away from that. It was terrible. <laughs> take it all away. It's terrible film. movie. But um, you know, I would. You know, and don't be like the video games. Don't leave out Blanca, man. If we could get like a fucking, if we could get a CG Blanca in a movie that, you know, that, that, that they put a decent budget into. I mean, like, Eric, think of the way that King Shark looked in The Flash. Like if they could. Oh, yeah. Right. If you could do that with The Flash, let's say, you know, this Street Fighter series. Let's say it, I don't, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're talking about a Street Fighter series, let's say Netflix bids on it and wins it or Amazon bids on it and wins on, wins it or, or whatever, whatever service gets this, like put in some money, man. And, um, I think it would be very cool to, I mean, to, to see that, um, a fight between, you know, Ryu, Guile, Chun-Li take on like Blanca, like a CG character. You know, I don't know. I this this could be very cool if they did it right. And and I liked the, the, if it's the same producers from Assassin's Fist. Like, if you look if you look at the pictures of Assassin's Fist, you're just gonna be like, oh, that just looks like bad cosplay. The storytelling was actually really fun, and and um, I really enjoyed it. I, I Tupperware it, man. I really liked it. So. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I remember you being hyped for this. I don't remember the uh, the other stuff, but I remember this. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, something I forgot to talk about on Good Pop, Bad Pop, and I think it plays into what you're talking about, was did, have either of you watched The Tick on Amazon Prime? I saw the first. No. I saw the pilot episode that they had. Remember when they had when they when they when they were doing pilot season and they'd show you one episode yeah. of each. Yeah. yeah. When they did the original pilot season, I watched the first episode and I, it was enjoyable. 
I, I really, I really liked it. I know there's some people. It's been hit or miss from what I've heard people talking about it, but that's a good example of, of I think of what you can do with, uh, with, with what you're talking about in yeah. terms of mixed live action. I think they do a very good job with a lot. If you say what you want about whether you like it, don't like it. They they get they do very well with the the effects in that show. It it really is pretty seamless for the most part. I can totally see the, a trans a, a translation of that into something like Street Fighter. That's what I'm saying, man. Can you imagine like a Dalsim, fucking watching like a fight with Dalsim? Some guy with like stretchy arms and like who can like spit fire. Oh my oh, god, yeah. yeah, fucking uh, I, you know, get get somebody to play. Uh, what was the guy with the. The little the the fucking guy that would jump on the the cage and he had like the little Wolverine claws and shit. Vega, Vega, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, man. There's a lot of fun still. I think that you could have in a series like that, and it doesn't have to take itself too seriously either. You no, know, no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. So, did any, did you guys watch Mortal Kombat Legacy, the the web series with? Uh, Michael J. White. Michael J. White. Did you guys watch that? No, that's yeah. been one. That's one of those things I keep telling every time I hear it. I'm like, I gotta go watch that, and then I yeah. never remember to go watch it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but it's it's not bad. I mean, and it's pretty graphic and violent. So, yeah, I've seen moments of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know. It was, it, I've never really wanted to seek it out and watch it though, even after seeing like moments of it. So, yeah. yeah. All right, let's. Uh, uh, we done? We done with that shit? Huh? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we, can we take, can do a quick break. Hey, there we are. Jake break. I need that. Somebody, I think somebody suggested a uh, Jake break bumper, but I think yeah, I love, I love, I love that idea. I That's know. a good idea. That uh, really is. Is it? I don't know. I think like the Jake break bumper is just actually Jake in the moment saying, "Hey, can we take a break?" Like that's that's actually it. Oh, yeah. we could do like a mix of all the various episodes of Jake. Saying, take, can we take a break? I'm That's... changing my mind on this idea. The whole point of the break is, is I, I need an emergency break. I'm not trying to sit through a bumper. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. All so, right. Yeah, let's, no. Let's break it up. <laughs> All right. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit. That freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back. Welcome back. Back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I, yeah. yeah. 
Hey, uh, Jake, last week we talked, uh, oh yeah, Marvel News. Let's jump into Marvel News. <laughs> Let me announce the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel news. All right. We were talking about, last week, we were talking about the old uh, Marvel MCU timeline and how fucked up it was. Just like, you know, the zero care that they gave the timeline in phase three. <laughs> they just said, yeah, whatever. Just shit's just going to happen when it's going to happen. That's what they said. That's, I think Kevin Feige said that in an interview. That was a quote of his. Shit's going to happen when it's going to fucking happen. Shit's going to happen. You know what? Shit's going to happen when it happens. Just deal with it. You, yeah, know? you know, if you buy one of those big fold-out posters that explains the timeline, that's all it says. Yeah. Shit's, shit's just going to happen. Shit's just going to happen when it happens, right? <laughs> just deal with it, all right? Who the fuck are you? You Scott Bakula is this Quantum Leap motherfucker? You know? <laughs> Fuck you, Ziggy. I'll do what I'll do shit when I want to do it. All right. A <laughs> <laughs> deep cut there yeah. with the Ziggy reference. Quantum leap on my dick. How about that, huh? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was an unnecessary thing for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know we were talking about this fucked up timeline, and um, I, I mentioned that if Civil War takes place in 2016. A year after Avengers Age of Ultron, that is fucked up because Peter Parker in that battle is in high school and he's still in high school in 2020 in Homecoming. You see what I mean? The timeline's fucked up, man. It's it's, it's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he misses a bunch of days and has to repeat the years again. I blame it's Spider-Man Homecoming. Sony fucked this shit up, man. They fucked up this timeline. It, It all comes down to Homecoming. Yeah, shit. Is it? Can't they just as easily make Homecoming not in 2020 and just fix the whole thing? I I suppose. I don't know. Thor, okay. And then, hey, Eric, in Thor Ragnarok, do you remember when Thor was talking to Banner and he said that uh, it had been two years since Age of Ultron? So that means yeah. Thor, yeah, Thor Ragnarok takes place in 2017 then if, if, in fact, Age of Ultron is in 2015. Yeah, I hadn't even... Yeah. 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 You're right. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just like that one movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, fucks up the whole timeline. It's just silly to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, it wasn't just Homecoming. I feel like the, the whole phase three was a bit loosey goosey with it. Uh, nothing's really nailed down. Um, I would, I, I, I gotta go back and watch Doctor Strange, cause I know that that movie gives away the timeline in it. There's an award in his, um, he's got an award and it says the year right fucking on it. And I think it says 2017. So, I, I gotta watch that movie again. But, uh. <laughs> it's funny how they did better at this before they even knew what they were doing. Like, you'd think this, it would have tightened up, but I don't know. Like I said last week, you don't want to get too tight with this kind of stuff because then yeah. you start to restrict the writers and the directors themselves. Yeah, it's not going to, you know, it doesn't affect my rating of these films at the end of the day. It's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, I guess I'm getting all OCD about it. Like, you know, I kind of like things that like make 
nerds go OCD like this in these movies that don't really bother me, you know? Yeah, you like it You like it when they go all Rain Man and they can't watch their fucking people's court at 3.30? You like yeah, exactly, that? Yeah, exactly. you, you like seeing these fucking dorks flip out? <laughs> it gives me the laughs. It really does. Jake is like, I wish there I wish there were two purple blobs in fucking uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wish there was newspapers in every fucking movie, just fucking everything up. Oh man, yeah. Let's let's uh, close in on that date there, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about this Variety article that came out, and it was titled "Chris Evans is probably done playing Captain America after Avengers 4. And it goes on to say, Cap might be hanging his shield up for good, Marvel fans, according to a profile in the New York Times. Chris Evans might be retiring his role as the first Avenger after Avengers 4. He reportedly has no plans to return to the franchise once Avengers 4 hits theaters in May 2019. Quote, you want to, this is what he said, you want to get off the train before they push you off, uh, Evans said. He will be returning for reshoots in the fall, but is expected that they will mark the end of the road for Evans in the MCU. He continued, everyone says to me, it's like a glove that fits so well. Um, I have to start over every time, but I am starting over with a pretty solid base. I just never want to blow it for the last six or seven. Uh, I have done by dropping the ball because I decided to go do it one more time. I just want to hang up my jersey before it's embarrassing. Come on. Premature. Pre-fuck-a-mature. Like, uh, Hugh Jackman did this for 17 years, buddy. Come on, knock it off. You're being silly. Yeah. Evans, you're yeah, being I, silly. I don't buy any of this shit. No. This is just, this is just to cause hype. Right? In my opinion. Right? Like, like, oh, Cap's dead. And then, like, uh, what happens, Jake, four years from now? Cap comes back, right? Yeah, and they all know Cap's the person that we all smell that's gonna die. Yeah. Because they're not stupid, the people behind these movies. They know that that's what the fans expect to happen. Mm. And so when when you see articles like this, it's hard not to believe that it's a little bit trying to, you know, bait the excitement even more. Do you think, though, that that, that he could die? I I mean, I, I really do. I feel like he could definitely die. Um, I don't, and, and not even necessarily come back in Avengers 4 if, in fact, they use time travel. I think Avengers 4 could give you the tease that some of these characters could come back, but in the end, they might not. So, but I, but I think eventually, like, I would imagine that Chris Evans could come back to this character. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's kind of how that story works, right? Is eventually it's, oh my God, he's back. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the, the problem with movies though is, is trying to hide the fun of all that, right? Like, uh, it'd be so much greater if when he comes back, he did just come back and it wasn't like, well, we knew for a year and a half that he was on set. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, or Jake, the way for him to come back without us knowing would be him for him not to come back in a in a full movie it'd be for him to come back in a cameo appearance yeah but even that right is like so tricky to sneak by everybody uh yes and no we're going to talk about a super secret cameo appearance coming out in deadpool 2 that nobody knows about yeah i'm but we're going to talk about it though so it, 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 they could no, we're, we're, we're going to speculate about it that's all okay so that's what we're going to do because i don't know Eric, what up? Yeah. What up, dude? <laughs> How you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
good. I'm good. Just chill. Right on, man. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I struggle so much with this only because it, when when I rank my Avengers, I, he, the 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 actor becoming the character that that is number one on my list. He yeah. so is Rogers to me in every sense, and. and Tony Stark did a great job, or Robert Downey Jr. did a great job as Tony Stark, obviously, and he he, he would be one B right behind it. But Chris Evans, when we, they first announced this, I was so against it. I'm like, ah, oh, God, the, the the this is the guy that played the Human Torch. He's going to come in and be all jokey, and there's no way he can pull it off. And he he totally proved me wrong in every sense. So. Yeah. I, just the the very idea. I don't want to go all Rebecca Dolling on this all of a sudden, but I I, I really do. I, I get a knot in my chest at the idea of of losing him as Captain America. So uh, that tones down anything about this story in terms of coolness because I just don't want to see it. I don't. I think. Uh, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta go big or go home, and I think that's what the yeah. Russo brothers are gonna yeah. do here. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I get that. I oh, yeah, get I that. mean, are people going to fucking be crying? Are people going to be crying in the theater when they kill Hawkeye or Falcon? Don't, oh, my God. Don't judge me. No. Not, not, I not Falcon. I cried for Quicksilver. No, not Falcon. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if uh, Anthony Mackie had a deal with uh, the toothpaste company, uh, Crest, and we could have Falcon Crest toothpaste? Huh? <laughs> Wasn't that an old TV show? Yeah, that's why. That's why I said yeah. it, Jake. That's the joke, asshole. Anyway, Falcon Quest <laughs> reference is definitely not one I would have bet on hearing. Very cool. Very <laughs> Falcon Crest. What the fuck? Like five people got that joke, and like one of them isn't even on the podcast. Jake, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't even I don't even know what that show's about. I'm other than just a reference to its name. I'm looking up Falcon Crest right now. Here we go. It ran from 1980. Hey, God, we're gonna get back to Marvel news, you fucking assholes. You're lucky to be getting an episode this week, so fucking pipe down. Falcon Crest is about. It's set in the vineyards of California. This primetime soap opera featured the conflict within the powerful Gioberti family, owners of the vast Falcon Crest winery. That sounds oh, pretty damn Gia good. Barities, man. Those yeah. Giaberties. Man, this had uh, it ran for two hundred and twenty eight episodes. Nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety. How many episodes were in a season of this fucking piece of Holy shit? Holy Christ, it went Probably to twenty six a season. Twenty eight a season. Oh, oh thirty. Hey, hey. Twenty six. No, that was season three. By season four they had a thirty episode order. And then uh season five they were like twenty nine. Season six, they were like 28, and then uh, people are like, when, when is he going to stop naming off how many episodes were in Falcon Crest seasons? That's what our listeners are saying right now. They're like, I'm so – what is it? Millennials are like, what the fuck is Falcon's Crest? Like, what the fuck is he even talking about? Shit, man. I'm like, what the fuck is Falcon Crest? <laughs> I just – I remember the commercials for it when I was a kid. So yeah, that's that's about all I got too. Not, I, yeah, I, I wasn't like you know it ran from 1981 to 1990. It's not like I was fucking seven years old watching Falcon Crest. Like, ooh, what's happening at the winery this week? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had I had to see what was going on at Sesame Street, and then I had to find out what the Giobertis are doing with the wine. You know. 
<laughs> Those, oh, you were, yeah. you were ahead of your years. I know. I had a fucking, I had a, I had a poster of Super Grover and a poster of uh, Mrs. Giaberti on my wall as a child. <laughs> 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 it all started with a pathetic Falcon Crest joke. Anyway. <laughs> you should name this episode Falcon Crest. No. I'm done with the silly I'm done with the silly little names. I used to do that back in the day. These silly little names. You know, on the little episodes. People don't people don't people don't uh they don't like the the silly little name. They want to know what they're getting. You know? They just want to know what they're getting. Yeah, we're gonna be talking about the Deadpool two trailer people. We're gonna be talking about, you know, uh, you know, Unsane and Pacific Rim. They don't, they see Falcon Crest. They're like, what the fuck? I get the same, same reaction that, 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 that uh, I got when, uh, when I told the joke from you. It's like when they read that title, Jake. So. The, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, then, they, you know, like let them, let them just organically come into that pathetic, horrible joke, right? Like uh, I'm giving it. I want to get that email complaint though. Yeah. Like the episode was called Falcon Crest. I'm part of the Falcon Crest fan club. I'm the president. They they never even spoke about it until oh. they did, and oh. it was just a joke. Oh, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. I did. I finally found somebody talking about Falcon Crest, <laughs> <laughs> and they can't even treat it with you, the yeah. levity it deserves. Zero dignity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give the uh, Giaberti one, one star, you, sir. You give the Giaberti family the, the respect they deserve, sir. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I want to see. I want a Falcon Crest streaming somewhere. Good old Falcon Crest. Let's talk about the Deadpool two trailer. Um. So, uh, what'd you guys think? You guys. Uh, Please, please tell me you watched it. I, I actually did not. Watch oh, the Jesus fucking trailer. Christ! Are you kidding me? What the fuck? At the time it released, we weren't even doing a podcast, and I was just like, "Ah, eh. you really took the week off." You're like, "Fuck!" Jake's like, "Hey, Brian, you know, you want to know what's crazy though?" He's like, "I did watch the first five episodes of Falcon Crest this week." So <laughs> that, that's not true. I had no idea what the fuck that was. <laughs> Brian, I, hey, I'm gonna slap you in the face with an irony cock right now. I, uh, I happen to see, like, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, Deadpool 2 trailer. I'm sure I'll see it eventually. <laughs> hey, Eric Wade, uh, what, what did you think about the new Deadpool 2 trailer? Oh, it's just more Deadpool-y to goodness. I'm all in on this thing. I cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I it, it looks fantastic. The action looks fantastic. Um, I do. I, I'm not going to break it down scene by scene. I I think do, I think breaking a Deadpool two trailer down scene by scene is a little silly. But uh, and there's a lot of speculation. We we've, we've speculated about this in in, in other episodes. But I did want to point out that we do finally know who Terry Crews' character is. Um, and. Uh, at the one minute and 36 second mark in the trailer, Deadpool is seen flipping through possible candidates for his X-Force team. And uh, one is named Bedlam. And this is going to be Terry Crews' character. 
in the film. So this character originally possessed the mutant ability to create and project a bio-M field. Um, this has the effect of temporarily disabling any similarly powered technology in the vicinity. He can also utilize his power to scan the environment for other pre-existing energy fields. After the high evolutionary reset, the mutant genome in every mutant on the planet, Jesse's abilities expanded to be able to affect the human brain's neural chemistry, thus allowing him to project the illusion of pain and confusion into other people. So if those powers translate to this movie, Terry Crews' character could be very, very important to this X-Force team. Think about it as like if they need to break into a facility, he actually ha- he can actually fuck up um, um, – technology and then not only that but like if there's human guards if he can make them feel like they're in pain or confuse them like a jedi mind trick that also kind of hurts them i mean this could be a very important character to the team so uh it's you know when you look at terry cruz you think he's just going to be the muscle i never imagined his character to to i never imagined him to be this character of bedlam and have this set of powers it just doesn't seem like the power set that you give to a guy of his physical stature. Hmm. Yeah. I guess going against type though is a little bit of what, you know, the humor in Deadpool is all about. Oh, I know. I'm not saying that I don't like that. I, I love this. That's, I think that's one of the coolest decisions that they probably could have made in this movie. Cause like when you think, when you think of Terry Crews and you think of like the arms on this guy and how big and imposing he is, you just think that he's going to be a bruiser. Right, and just pick up a big gun and fuck some shit up. I yeah. never, I never would have imagined that he'd have these abilities. This is, I think it is cool. And um, so, and it'll be awesome. Like, I, I wonder what they're going to incorporate from that character from the comics into the movie because, like, in the comics, he was he grew up in foster care and he spent time in psychiatric hospitals. So he might see X Force since he didn't have a family. He might see X Force as a family. He might really take this seriously. I wonder if they're going to kind of like do like a, like a if they're going to make fun of like Guardians of the Galaxy in a way with this one. Like it'd be kind of funny if <laughs> if at the end he said we are Groot or something stupid like that, or you know what I mean? Just like do like a fourth <laughs> wall breaking like we are Groot moment with like the the new X Force team. Eric, what did you think about this trailer? It really surprised me as far as them. Um, first off, it surprised me that Jake didn't watch it, and all he was doing is watching Falcon Crest all week. But the yeah, next- yeah, I tossed this trailer <laughs> if, didn't, if I didn't say that already. <laughs> Fucker. Um, if I, no, what did you think about this? Well, the way that this tra- this trailer portrayed Cable as the villain. You know, it's interesting. To me, um, I did not see that coming, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But what, what, what I do find, I, I, I find the idea intriguing. I, I have not read a ton of the run, but what I have read of, of Cable Deadpool, it, it, their relationship was, at least in the couple of issues I read, was cantankerous. I mean, they weren't like, wasn't like buddy cops type of thing. Yeah. So, I found that very interesting and, and, and in a surprisingly good way. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, the, the problem that I have with this is the same problem, and I'm not going to let Marvel Fox side slide with this, okay? I'm hoping it's a great movie. I'm sure it's going to be. I'm going to talk about you know so, some of the things that we talked about last week with like the audience and things like that. I'm going to talk about audience scores this week too, but... 
Um, one of the big problems that I had with Batman v Superman was calling it Dawn of Justice. Like, we don't fucking yeah. need it, like, thrown in our faces that, yes, these two are eventually going to get along and be friends. Like, we get it. We know that's going to happen. You don't need to put it in the goddamn title, right? Okay. Yeah. So, or just call it Dawn of Justice and not the BVS. Yeah, exactly. Like one yeah. or the other. Choose a fucking side. Okay. Yeah. Team Edward or Team whatever the fuck. What? <laughs> What are the, the, the vampire werewolf boys, right? What, what, what was that? Team Edward and Jacob. Team Jacob. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but that's what I'm, that's, that's my big problem here is that if you're going to make cable the, and I'll, I'll get to that, but if you're going to make cable the baddie in this one, but the next, we already know that the next film is X-Force and it stars cable, uh, Josh Brolin and Deadpool. Like we already know that they're going to be team members. Um, and like, Another thing is, like, a lot of people are upset that it's Deadpool starting X-Force. It's not Cable's team. So some people are upset at that. I don't really have a big problem with it, but whatever. To each their own. I just think that um, I – okay, let me get to it. I don't think in the long run, though, that Cable is going to be the ultimate villain of this movie. I think that there's going to be a big baddie that we don't know about yet. I don't know. Is it going to be Julian Dennison, the little boy? You know, from Hunt for the Wilder People, is he going to end up being the big baddie in this film? Um, some are, some people are speculating that we're still going to get the Juggernaut in this movie. So I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not willing to. Do you want that. there to be another big baddie? Because I'm actually, I actually hope there is not another big overriding villain. Hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. know. I, I I don't know if I want to see like a whole movie of just like Cable and Deadpool fighting each other and then just like a handshake at the end of the movie and then they sit down and watch Falcon Crest. So I don't know. Yeah. I uh, hope they fight and then don't handshake at the end of yeah. the movie that they still hate each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that I, I, I think that from what I'm hearing is that there could be um, ultimately a, a bigger bad at the end of the movie. So – We'll find out, but um, yeah. I, I, I don't. If, if you do the story right, I can live with that. It'll be a little bit tropey. That's uh, that's okay, Brian. What did you think about them opening up with air supply? Hmm. I, <laughs> I I liked it. <laughs> I, I loved it. I I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't go wrong with fucking a Canadian band, right? Right, right. So. I'm all out of love. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it hits on so many levels. Yeah. So, um, eh, I tossed it. Shut, you didn't even watch it. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Oh, jeez, more Deadpool. Who uh, needs it? Oh, fuck you. You love Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh You're man, you're just trying to piss me off. You know, that's the thing. It's like. Uh, Who's Julian Dennison playing in this movie? Like, do you have any guesses, Eric? He's a little boy. Uh, uh, oh, oh, no, no, yeah. I have no guesses. Okay, um, I think like uh, I think man, do you think? Okay, so we see those cattle cars. We know those cattle cars are full of those cattle cars are full of like uh, mutants. Okay, and I think like Cable's there to. At first, I thought Cable was there to like free them or something, and. So he's come from the future to free one. Like, does he see, like, one of these mutants as being important? I think, like, that's what I think. I think the Deadpool's there to get to this kid, to this kid, too. This kid might be important to the mutant cause or something. He's like their version of hope. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, we've seen, you know, Cable with the – do you think that the, the, the teddy bear means anything? Or do you think that just – I mean, it's Hope's teddy bear in the yeah, comic, right? Exactly. exactly. Do you think that that – do you think that they're just doing that or as as a nod to that or do you think that I think it's more than a decoration. Okay. I think it's a I'm I, I it seems like you think it's a plot point and if that's the case I agree with you. Yeah, I mean it was the very first picture that we saw of Josh Brolin as Cable like it was prominently featured. So yeah, we'll see. I feel like it's more than a decoration that it yeah. it'll be brought up at the at the least as a joke by Deadpool. Yeah. Um, last week we, uh, we talked about, uh, Deadpool. Eric, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about in the trailer? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, last week we talked about Deadpool 2 and how it didn't do well in the test screenings. Then we got reports that those reports were false, but I thought, I thought it was still an interesting discussion that we had. Um, now THR has learned that it's getting higher scores than Deadpool 1, um, Let's see here. The Fox film received as high as 98 in recent test screenings, the Hollywood Reporter has learned. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds-fronted sequel has been tested three times with the scores for the first two screenings coming in at 91 and 97. The final test, which occurred in Dallas, tested two separate cuts simultaneously, which scored a 98 and a 94. The 98 scoring cut is the version of the, is the version the team is using. A source with direct knowledge told THR. Uh, the crew attended the final screenings in Dallas, and a source in the audience of the 98 screening described the environment to THR as being electric and akin to watching the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. There's a wow. lot of boring Super Bowls. Uh, I, I would say the majority of Super Bowls are boring games. I don't think that they were. You th- don't like football, though. That's that's so wrong. No, so I'm, wrong. I'm being objective. I, the, yeah, me, yeah. If you get an exciting Super Bowl, that's like a treasure. But the, the, Jake, I don't. Th- I don't. Hold on. Hold on. I think. <laughs> I think you're. I, I think you're like you're 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 using the word Super Bowl as like. I don't think that they're using the word Super Bowl here to for you. It's it's not up for like um, discussion as to like how they're using it. I don't think it's. I think it's they're a giant event that's going to let a bunch of people down. No, that's not. That's not. That's not how they're. You know, I think they're taxed how big it's at a big event and like you know it's it's electric and how like people are are really excited to see it. I don't think they're like oh it's it's kind of like watching a shitty Super Bowl. <laughs> right? I don't think that that's what they're I know. Really I, I, just going for. Was, I just didn't like the hyperbole. I thought it was a little bit much. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um I they were trying to they were trying to get they were trying to I thought that the writer was trying to re- relay how a lot of people would have viewed it. Like for you maybe they would have been like it's a, like the newest like uh, a lot of people thought it was a very electric and, and akin to a uh a, a very hot funko pop being announced you know it's like the super bowl yeah, yeah. the puppy bowl they, they, they equated it to the puppy bowl yeah it's like the super if you push pa- past the guy that takes your ticket they'll put you in jail for 10 years <laughs> just like the super bowl <laughs> Uh, see, Deadpool 2 underwent reshoots, uh, six days worth last month in Vancouver to add more of what test screening audiences joy, enjoyed. Um, what I'm hearing, what people enjoyed were Cable and, um, Zazie Beats as, uh, Domino. Um, 
do, Eric, do you watch Atlanta? No, I have not watched Atlanta yet. All right. Uh, Jake, do you watch Atlanta? No, no. I'm glad to hear that Domino's being well-received, though. I was worried that that would be a character that would just, you know, kind of be a flop. I was hoping it would be good. Well, the reason I ask is Zazie Beach stars in Atlanta. And um, when you watch it, when you watch her character in Atlanta, I would never – I don't know. I would never see her as Domino. So it will be interesting to see – this actor, how she pulls this character off. Cause I think that, I do think that they, they can have a lot of fun with Domino in the Deadpool movie. There's a lot of fun to be had with that character. Um, and I hope that, uh, the director is able to do, do those scenes justice. Cause I, I thought Tim Miller was so good behind the fucking camera in Deadpool 1. Yeah. I agree. So. I agree with that. With such a low budget and yeah. the stunts and the shots that he pulled off were pretty incredible. Uh, the article goes on to say uh, they're talking about the reshoots um, and how they added six days worth. That's three days fewer than those done for 2016's Deadpool. There was also two hours worth of recently of work recently done in Los Angeles for a secret cameo. So. People are trying to guess as to who the secret cameo is. Some people are saying Gambit. Some people are saying <laughs> Professor X. You know, you know. I I said this after the first film, and I'm going to say it again two years later. I think that this is Hugh Jackman as Hugh Jackman, not Hugh Jackman as Logan. I'm thinking it's Hugh Jackman as Hugh Jackman in the secret cameo. That's my that yes yes. Regis Philbin, that is my final answer. Hugh Jackman yes. as Hugh Jackman. There was the Hugh Jackman joke in Deadpool 1, and I think that it's going to come to fruition in Deadpool 2, and we're going to have actual Hugh Jackman in the movie, and people are going to freak out at first and think, oh my god, that's fucking Logan, and then they're going to realize, no, that's just, that's just, that's Hugh Jackman playing Hugh Jackman. Yeah, this I do remember you saying in the uh, Deadpool movie review we did two years ago. So. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. wow! Holy shit, Jake! Wow, I don't feel like I don't feel like the the neglective housewife. That, you know, the husband he never husband never listens. You know, he can't he can't remember the Ted Thompson thing, but he can pull that out from two years ago. Jake, you've been buying yeah, me daisies. Impressive. You've been buying me daisies for years on Valentine's Day, only to find out thirty years later that tulips are my favorite fucking flower. And you know why? Because you never listen. Because you remember that Nancy, your high school sweetheart, she loved daisies, but you can't even remember the woman that you've not. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I'm moving on. <laughs> this is a weird analogy. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, fuck both. You know, yeah, fuck you. Anyway, um, let's see here but yeah i'm, I'm done i'm done i'm done with uh deadpool talk eric is it still most anticipated movie of the year oh yes 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 i blew at least two to three loads watching that trailer so i'm 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 excited you lost it's track the super bowl he Are lo- you more excited for the trailers yes i am more excited for the trailers <laughs> oh man uh yeah, Jake. Yeah, the whole Super Bowl talk he went into. <laughs> Mr. Ob- observational Seinfeld humor with the with the Super Bowl's not always that good talk. <laughs> More often than not, it's not good. Yeah, all right. Well, 
All right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Fargo and Legion showrunner Noah Hawley uh, talked with uh, The Observer about his new Doctor Doom movie. And here's what he said. So, guys, this is still happening. Um, quote, what's interesting to me about Doom's character is he's the king of an Eastern European country. And is there a version of this this that is more of a political thriller that mixes genre? It's something that Captain America, the Winter Soldier, did really well, which was kind of make a Cold War thriller movie out of a superhero movie. This is a this is different than that, but it does have this idea of, and I don't want to say too much about it, but it's it is a mixture of genres. The mandate is not to relaunch the Fantastic Four franchise as much as it is to take this fascinating and underserved character and really build a movie about him where we ask the question, is he a hero? Is he a villain? What does he really want? Man, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. I and mean, that's classic Noah Hawley to, to do a genre bin like that. Like, that's pretty much what I expected, you know? Yeah, so, I can't wait to see it. I, I I kind of expected them to treat Doom like that and make him look like not so much of a bad guy. Because man, the people he rule, they love him. Yeah, it's it's one of those things uh, where what is what happens with this stuff after like like yeah, is it, I'm fine with it though. I'm fine with Noah. Right in the in-between shit. This is the perfect time to let Noah Hawley have a one and done Doom movie. I know. Is I get. The, no, it's it's one of those things where we – how do I say this? We've got a studio taking characters and properties that we love and taking risks risks with them. Um, I think Marvel Studios pretty much has a formula down and they have it down pat. Um, and when they do take risks – it, it involves contracts running out. <laughs> so, so <laughs> does that make sense? Like, you know, you know, well, we, we, we can't, we can't, we can't fiscally pay these guys what they're worth now. So we've got to let them go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think know. it's a little bit. Oh, come on. Kinda, come on. Like Marvel studios is riskless. I mean, I, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that they're riskless. I'm saying that they have – come on, man. They have a formula. They can make – I think any movie that they come out with now can at least be a taste it because they have a formula. I'm not saying that they're 100 percent riskless. I think like Black Panther, they did some things like no other film has done before, okay? I 100 percent agree there. But I, I'm just saying that – they are not taking the chances, in my opinion, that Fox is doing, okay? They didn't do an R-rated Wolverine film. They, you know, they didn't do uh, a, a Deadpool film. They're not doing what New Mutants is doing and making a horror movie in the New Mutants. Like, as much as I think that that movie's going to fucking suck, they're not taking those kind of risks, and I think like this is I don't know. I it's a little bit apples. I, maybe not to that extreme, but I still think they've done some gutsy shit, man. They gave like a trauma director freaking Marvel characters and let him make a movie. You know, like I, with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I don't I don't think they're completely ballless when it comes to the decisions they're making. But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I no, I okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah, you can say that. I just think I I think that they have 
I think that they have done some things and pulled back on some things, though, too. Like, Edgar Wright, you gotta go, dude. All right, let's get Peyton Reed in here to finish this Ant-Man film. Yeah, the problem is, I think... I was just going to say, I I think one of the things that work against them is they're so successful at what they do. So, you know, by the nature of that, they a risk for them is much different than other studios a lot of times. So, I, you I'm know, just, I'm just something saying, doesn't seem as risky for them. I'm just saying, like, if it wasn't for Fox, you're not getting an R-rated, like, Wolverine movie. with they, That would never, I don't think you'd ever get that with with Marvel Studios if they had the character or Deadpool yeah. Deadpool would, I'm telling you I I don't I know think. I'm just not of the mindset that making something R is necessarily that clever or inventive like it's it's not like they're like super brain geniuses by making that step right no I'm just saying like they would have never done it we would never have gotten that Deadpool film had it not been you know like that uh, there there is a there is a certain risk that you take when you make a a, a funny hyper violent film, um, and you and you basically are saying there's a certain audience that can't come and see this movie. You you have to have an adult accompany you to this to this film. There's a risk that you take, and I yeah. don't think that the people. At, at Marvel Studios would do that. I'm not saying that, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not saying what Marvel's doing is terrible. All I'm saying here is that Fox is doing things that Marvel wouldn't do, and I am putting my foot down and saying we would have never gotten a goddamn R-rated Deadpool had it not been for Fox. 100 uh, goddamn agree. percent. We never would have got that movie. We never would have gotten, uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, teaming up with James Mangold to do an R-rated Logan film where we see claws go through people's skulls. That would have never happened. And I'm, and, and the only thing I'm saying is I'm a little sad to kind of see that go. And I don't think you're getting with Disney. I don't think you're getting a Noah Hawley Dr. Doom movie. Okay, I just I hear, I hear what it. I hear is you hate Disney. So that's no, that isn't. That, see, that's the thing. <laughs> that, that's what it goes to. That's what you can twist this to. Is that Brian has no? No, they're they're. It's it's that those movies have made billions of dollars. But I am saying that that uh, as far as like risks go, maybe maybe Guardians of the Galaxy was the biggest risk. But on the flip side, you do. <laughs> You do have kids that love little raccoons and, and, and trees that walk around. I mean, you know, you can always kind of bank on at least one or two kids out there wanting to see a talking raccoon. But I think, oh, yeah. yeah I think had plenty to. In all seriousness, though, I, I think what you're talking right there it was a risk they took. I mean, when I heard Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. and who said, oh, yeah, that for sure is going to make. Eight, seven, eight hundred million domestically. Yeah. Or, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I thought they were crazy. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? They're going to take a raccoon in a tree, a tree that says one thing. And yeah, that's why I don't run. I don't have Kevin fight. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to say Marvel Studios has never taken a risk. Iron Man itself was a risk with Robert Downey Jr. as the lead. Okay, because like it was originally right. talked about that you know Tom Cruise is going to be the lead, and and uh, the, the 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 popular choice amongst fans, of course, I think was Robert Downey Jr. But of course, Hollywood executives wanted Tom Cruise in that role because he was a more bankable name at the time and a more reliable uh, guy in Hollywood at the time. So, 
I don't know. <laughs> he clearly would have done 18 movies yeah. too if they would ask. No, so. I just I think Marvel has got like <laughs> I think Marvel has got kind of like their, their their formula down and it and it's and it works and it's successful. I just don't see that that some of the things that Fox has been doing being a part of that. That I don't think that. And I'm not saying like it has to be like an R-rated move, but I just I didn't see that in the cards for anything that they were doing. And I'm glad that that's why I'm glad that there was the separation of the studios so that we could see an R-rated Deadpool, so that we could see an R-rated Wolverine movie. And yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know. I'm still hopeful for the future that Marvel will be a bit more experimental when yeah. it comes to mature material with their Marvel franchise. I'm just hoping that Fox. In the meantime, with the time that we do have left with Fox Studios, is able to get all these projects off the ground. I want to see what what Brian K. Vaughn and whatever the director they can get for a Silver Surfer movie can do. I want to see that movie happen now. Um, I wouldn't even be opposed to seeing the Gambit movie that's never going to happen. I would love to see that get off the ground. I'd love to see what they can do with it. We've been talking about it so much. I, I want to see what happens with that fucking movie. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> At this point, I think I'd rather watch the crow than the Gambit movie. Oh man. I want to, I want to see, I want to see the Gambit movie. Oh, we're getting the crow. Don't worry about that. It's happening. But man, I want to see the Gambit movie. I want to see what they can do with it. I don't want it to turn into like a thing of legend, like Nick Cage as Superman. You know, I don't want, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying to be argumentative with you. I just I know. You know, I and, know. I, and I want to see the Noah Hawley Doctor Doom movie just as much as anybody. I mean, Doctor yeah. Doom's my favorite comic book character, and I, you know, I I get what you're saying by the formula. The Doctor Doom villain Marvel yeah. MCU formula would probably not be the Doctor Doom that I want to see right. on screen. Yeah, but I don't know. I just somewhere in my head, I I feel like at some point we have to kind of break away from what like this thing can't roll forever and once it doesn't they're going to have to take some bigger chances you know i I don't think it's going to be 30 more years of the same timeline we're already on phase three and talking about all the things they fucked up so you know a reboot will happen and i think they will yeah i mean i you know they've, they've talked about you know like they've got another oh what is it um Oh god, we talked about like Kevin Feige's chalk, like his blackboard that he's got, and like how many more movies he's got left for these different phases. But um, yeah, th- I mean, this will all come to an end eventually, and they'll they'll eventually reboot. But um, we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, I uh, I don't know. They still. I guess they were talking about the, as far as like uh, this. <laughs> we didn't even really talk about this uh, <laughs> this, this uh, Doctor Doom movie. Um, we just kind of started. Going into other shit, but um, Doctor Doom movie sounds fucking awesome. I love that we're not just making him a sneering bad guy. I, the quote about whether he's a hero or a villain, and mm. we're going to have to decide. That's exactly what I fucking want in a Doctor Doom movie. I they're still talking about possibly Dan Stevens, of course, you know Legion fame, um, or even Mads Mikkelsen being uh, Victor Von Doom. I would be happy with either. Of those, I'd be happier with Mads to be quite. Honest. I love Dan Stevens. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love Legion, but I'd love to. Oh, Mads, Mads would yeah. be perfect. Mads is an interesting choice. I I don't know though. I I kind of want when we see him without the face scarred. I kind of want him to be a bit more handsome than Mads. Not to be weird about it. Yeah, you know. I guess. Yeah, I suppose I. 
I don't know. You like your Doctor Doom fuckable. I get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Matt, Matt I, I, I could see him, like, portraying the role, like, physically with the mask and with the scars. But when we're just seeing Doctor Doom without all the mistakes, I kind of prefer Dan Stevens in that part. I was going to use the analogy of Dan Stevens as the Super Bowl of Doctor Dooms, but then it, we could also say, like, it could be a shitty, you know, a shitty Super Bowl. So I didn't know. Yeah. Might want to. So most of the performances would suck. Yeah. Um, guys, uh, that is all I got for Marvel news. Let's jump into, uh, our final. I don't have any DC news this week, so we're going to jump into Star Wars news and end this fucking, uh, terrible episode. What am I saying? You're supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. I'm looking at this story and it's long. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, I got this from screen. I got this from a screen ran article and I thought it was pretty interesting. And it says uh, it's titled. It's an article titled Solo will reveal the Falcons real identity. And Jake, I didn't even know about this. This is so fucking weird. Is it Falcon Crest? It's <laughs> oh, it all comes back around the Falcon Crest. Yes. Full circle. Yes, it's, uh, the, we're gonna find out that, uh, you know, the, uh, the cargo that he dropped off. <laughs> it, it, Let me guess, why? It was wine. It was the Giroberto's <laughs> family wine. It, the huts are actually, and they're in cahoots with the Giroberti family. It's crazy. International wine smuggler. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> Wow, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting, sorry. As soon no. as you said, we find yeah. out the real identity of the Falcon. Is all <laughs> I think about. No, we're getting a lot of traction out of this Falcon Crest joke, aren't we? <laughs> 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 trying to diss it like it was a failure. It, it obviously no. was not a failure. Absolutely not. Maybe I should title the episode Falcon Crest. I don't know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, here's the article. The Falcon's top-end computer was established in the original Star Wars when Han used it to calculate a uh, hyperspace jump and elaborated in The Empire Strikes Back. When the hyperdrive is broken, Han had C-3PO ta- to talk to the Falcon, find out what's wrong with the hyperdrive. And he does mean talk in some technical sense shortly after. 3PO is shown beeping with the ship and confronts Solo saying, I don't know where your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. There, in 1980, it's established the Falcon has a proper consciousness on a level with the main droids. Uh, The article goes on to say, Star Wars, absolutely everything you need to know added to the story, saying... That the personality came specifically from a mix of an astromech droid, a transport droid, and a slicer droid. The Last Jedi's novelization has ha- has more recently expanded on this. Near the end of the book, during the crate battle, a passage details the Falcon's inner workings. Quote, when the Falcon mentions something about barely being able to detect the back end of a Bantha at high noon, R2-D2 suppressed an electronic sigh. The Falcon had always been cantankerous, its three droid brains quarreling endlessly unless forced to work together. Still, R2-D2 usually got along with the ship well enough. For one thing, none of the brains could stand C-3PO. 
For another, one of them had a fondness for both romantic gossip and dirty jokes, both of which R2-D2 had learned to provide in large quantities. Jake, I didn't know anything about the Falcon have its own personality and three separate droid brains. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, as soon as you started talking about the dialogue from Empire, yeah. I immediately remembered that dialogue. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I never really read as much into that dialogue as I guess I should have this entire right. time. They're yeah, not- same, same. That's way, way deeper than I ever took from that line. Absolutely. Yeah, but but yeah, I've seen the movie a million times and I, I you know, I know that part verbatim and you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, uh-huh. it very much seems like 3PO pinpoints that there's some kind of sentience going on there within the Falcon. Exactly. I never read that much into it, but yeah, um, I mean, we've all heard those lines before. So basically this article talks about how this is going to be addressed in Solo. It goes on to say, what makes that passage interesting is that Solo features a cantankerous droid that already has conflicting elements. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's L337 has been described per Entertainment Weekly as a self-modified droid Way way up there in terms of IQ with a very strong personality. Scribe John Kasdan said, uh, stated, the idea is that she's sort of a mutt, if you will, of various parts of different kinds of droids who has improved upon herself. Beyond that, she's basically Lando's partner and is not present in the original trilogy. Not much is known about the character. This said, considering her position in the story, it wouldn't be out of the question that she's a slicer droid. So slicers, guys, as we know in the Star Wars universe, are like computer hackers. So we met DJ. Like DJ. Exactly. Yeah. We met DJ. He was a slicer. We also Justin Throw's character in The Last Jedi, who wore the red po- red palm bloom. He was also a slicer. So I wanted to point out slicers are something new that they've been kind of like throwing into the Star Wars universe. Anyway, back to the article. It goes on to say what makes uh, – considering how in-depth the dangling thread resolution of Solo is shaping up to be at this point, it appears every single reference to Han's past uh, will be resolved. It would be strange for the Falcon computer not to be addressed, to, uh, and from what we know, the most obvious tie-in would come via Waller-Bridge's character. Could she sacrifice herself to save the crew, possibly during – the intense Kessel run to give the ship more computing power and save the day. That would explain the three droid brains statements and the romantic gossip and dirty joke lines up with the comedy side of L337's characterization. So they're basically they're saying they don't know, but there's a chance that the consciousness like this, the, the mind of L337 could be uploaded into the Falcon and that's kind it's of like Star Wars meets Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's kind of it's kind of fucking cool when you take those lines from Empire, and you can kind of get that out of this. Like, like yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, you know, without that, I would say, wow, this sounds incredibly cheesy. But it is kind of blowing my mind how yeah. none of it destroys any of the right. canon that was established by that Empire dialogue. Like, okay, so we we meet L three thirty seven, and then by the time we get to like. Uh, you know, uh, a new hope and, and Empire Strikes Back, like no mention of the character. But like we could we could watch those movies in a different way and be like, 
L337s in the Falcon right now. That's that's who C3PO is talking to. Like there's a dead robot spirit right in there. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like uh yeah, it's like uh the blue force ghosted shit inside of the fucking Falcon. <laughs> Star Wars episode 9 Ghost in the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's kind of I think it's a cool theory, man. So I like the theory a lot yeah. too. I don't, you know, you were talking about how every bit of speculation that's ever been laid out there by every line of dialogue will be revealed in this movie. I kind of hope that's not the case. That sounds a little bit cumbersome to me. Oh, yeah, as far as uh, every 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 line of dialogue that uh, we've ever heard about, you know, Han Solo. Yeah, all and, yeah. mysteries will be revealed. Every yeah. There will be no loose ends. It's like, gosh, is this movie going to have time to be fun? Well, I mean, we're getting, I mean, it's... Well, that's all they've been talking about. Donald Glover said this movie is 100% fun. Okay. Okay. I hope so. I, I read that I whole quote and you guys gave me shit about it. About Sounds how, like us. Yeah, totally. Totally. Totally <laughs> did. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So that's all I got, fellas. That's all I got this week. <sighs> this episode was like the Super Bowl. Fuck you. <laughs> I thought it was more like Falcon Crest myself. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Why the fuck did I say Falcon Crest? <laughs> oh, God. There was, like, there was like three people that got that Falcon Crest joke. Oh, you realize they're all now Googling yeah. episodes of Falcon Crest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that joke was not approved by the American Dental Association, I can tell you that much. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. Uh, next week, episode 227, and uh, we are definitely going to be talking about uh, – we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be talking about Ready Player One. In that episode, so I've got my uh, IMAX 3D tickets ready. I've uh, they're purchased, ready to go. All I got to do is uh, drive out to the theater and watch watch the uh, Ready Player One. Nice, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. Two two seven, Jack A. Yeah, right? Jack, Jack A. Harry, fucking two two seven. So, oh yeah, yeah. You only get one two two seven episode. You really gotta. You really got to take. We've got to slip those two two seven represent those uh, references in. You yeah, know, I'll send Jack A an email. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Uh, get, her, get her on. I'd enjoy her more than Eric. Do you remember what was the uh, <laughs> Jack A. Harry? Oh man, she'd be a great guest, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I bet she'll go see Ready Player One for us. I bet. I, well, shit. You know what? To, to be honest with you, I, I bet she would. I bet she saw the fucking Deadpool two trailer. <laughs> definitely would have got the Falcon. She that? probably knew there was a show this week. She probably knew more than me. Do you think uh, Mar- who's who's the lead lady in that? Was it Marla Gibbs? Yeah, Marla Gibbs in two two seven from the Jeffersons. How old is she now? She like eighty something. Uh, let me fact check. My question is: Do you think you think she's all there in the head still? Is that a fucked up question? Uh, and that's not a fuck. I mean, slightly fucked up question, I guess. Hey guys, how old did you say she was? I don't know. Exact age for eighty-seven. She's eighty-seven. How about that? Oh, you were so close. Eighty-six. Oh shit! Whoa. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, born in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, good for her. I didn't good. realize Regina King was on two two seven. Oh yeah, she the she's is she dead? No, she was on the Leftovers. Who? Regina King? 
Gina Kang. Which one? Which character was she? Uh, I Look at that. Maybe I. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh my god! I can't believe we're still recording now. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I don't care what our people, what the, what these listeners listen to. Oh, uh, it, it is the person from the leftovers. Okay. I feel a lot less stupid now. Uh, Regina King. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking. The, the she was in uh she was in Friday. Was she in Friday? Yes. No. Was she in Friday? Yes, yeah, she was. Yeah. Dana in Friday. And she yeah, was in the. T- she was in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, she was in uh, Seven Seconds on Netflix. I love her. She's great. She was uh, she yeah. was a little girl in that in two two seven. I did not realize that was her. Yeah. Uh, the so. the dad in that show looks like Steve Harvey with hair. And we need to shut the fuck up. We're wasting all of our 227 material on 226. <laughs> all right. Yeah, this is, this is our Falcon Crest retros- retrospective episode. Like, yeah, we're, jumping, we're jumping the gun here. <laughs> Fucking Falcon Crest and none of us knew anything about Falcon Crest. Not a goddamn thing. I knew zero. You, you remember the commercial. I, just, I remember the commercial for Falcon Crest, and it, sound, it sounded like Anthony Mackie uh, teaming up with the uh, with the toothpaste company, saying, "Let's let's let's make some magic here." Some magic tonight. Let's have some fun with fluoride. That's what that's what Anthony Mackie said. <laughs> I'm sure he said dumber things. Oh man! Oh, I'm sure he has. Yeah, but but on that specific day, he said, "Hey, let's talk about wow. Let's talk about Shifty McShifterson over there. Let's talk about tartar control. Let's talk about tartar control. Let's talk about anti uh, gingivitis. Gingivitis sounds like a really bad STD. STD, right? What is that goddamn noise? What are you, who's are you putting the mic down their pants? Are you opening up a sleeper couch or something? Yeah, exactly. What no. is going on? I stood up. <laughs> wow. We talked about no. We caught. We talked about. I killed giants. You sound like a giant standing up. Are you wearing parachute pants? <laughs> no, no. Gosh. I am not. I do not have my MC Hammer cosplay on. No, you yeah, sound like sure? you sound like you're inflating a bouncy house over there. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like, 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 when we record, like, do you have to sit, like, perfectly still? Apparently. <laughs> That's the memo I got this episode. Jake was like, I'm, it's, it's, you can do, like, the slightest little thing and it makes, like, the biggest noise. It's crazy. I, know, I noticed. <laughs> like, I was just standing up. I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> Oh, All right. shit. All right. All right. Let's end this yep. episode Let's so I can end. move my toe. And just like, uh, <laughs> so you can what? Move my toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> toe, toe movement sounds like a fucking 8.1. It sounds like an 8.1 on the Richter scale. It's like a fucking, like, like San Andreas 2. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> And just like, oh, this is so stupid. 
Oh, man. I was thinking of The Rock making the giant leap from one toe to the next. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, Mr. Prosthetic Leg Guy jumping that, jumping that, jumping, jumping that, the, wow, right? <laughs> well, you got all Owen Wilson there for a second. Wow. Yeah, I did. It, my, no, my nose even had, like, a bump on it there for a second. It was fucking weird. <laughs> like... <laughs> In this episode. Yeah. <laughs> what? In the episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all the junk and poor. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure Leftovers Podcasts that are originally good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap Even though we're the shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's make it Race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.